Do we know if Corey's coming or no? I haven't seen him in chat in a while. Have you guys? No, I haven't <laughs> seen him since like this afternoon. Yeah. Maybe. Might have even been yesterday. I don't know. I think he I he said a few things in chat today, but I don't remember. I know he sent me something yesterday about football, but I'll spare you guys. Saints Falcons. No, uh, Mariota got benched for Ritter. Yeah, it was this evening uh, when we were talking about filling space on the podcast <laughs> when other people are talking. Oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> like I was saying, we I have recordings from like our first couple. Like, God, who was it? I can't remember. I think it was a round table, but we had just moved in here. And so recording to me saying something to Crane and Crane going, no, 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 no. And then another one where she's like, yeah. Yeah, 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 <laughs> and we all do it, you know, mine's, uh, cause, um, 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 yeah, cause I, uh, so, um, so my uh, mouth works faster than my brain, <laughs> and sometimes I gotta buy myself some time. Mine is like, that's, that's yeah, a good you one do, too. You do the like you, but yours is nice though, because. When I, cause I do like as well, but I do it right in the middle of my words. Like I just did. So I can't remove it. But you, every time, almost every time you say like, you're like, like, and then you pause for a second and then you continue. You just use your yeah. like as an, um, yeah. and it's so nice. Cause I could just clip it out. It's so easy. And that is also <laughs> why I pause after I say it. <laughs> you're like, shit. Yeah. Every single time. It's like a mental tick uh, because I used to do it when we used to do like ADR um, on cartoons and stuff when I was learning voice acting. And it was always when we were trying, when we were doing scripts, when we weren't just specifically matching the flaps on stuff, when we were actually using scripts, it was, yeah. I was bad for it. So it became <laughs> a very conscious thing. The same with work. I worked in radio for two years too. So right. I had yeah. to be very yeah. aware of it. Well, and I know that that's like the standard, you know, like that. You shouldn't say filler words like that, like, um, and like, and, you know, which mine is, you know, I say, you know, a lot, but, you know, it's, <laughs> I, almost said, I almost said it, I almost said it, but no, like, <laughs> see, now I'm thinking about it too much when I'm editing, I think about it too much as well, because I'll be like listening through and then I'm like, but to me, it sounds unnatural when right. somebody doesn't say um or like. So I'm like, OK, I don't want to take all of them out. I'm going to leave some in because otherwise it just sounds It sounds weird super to me. It's, yeah, it's exactly. Not, like you said, it's unnatural. It's, it doesn't seem organic because it yeah. comes up in conversation. Everybody has a filler word or filler phrase or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's the, so for anyone listening to this right now, that's why sometimes you hear us say, um, and sometimes you don't. <laughs> it it's really depends it's, on how it just depends on how like in my head I am about it on that particular <clears throat> editing day. <laughs> that's what it really depends on. Is that right there. I'm also uh, I would like to apologize in advance because I just made everybody aware of their own ticks at the start of a recording. <laughs> So everybody's going to be I, super aware throughout the recording. I have an, I have a whole episode named after ticks. <laughs> was that being said? Fuck. Sorry, Melissa. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Sandbagging son of a bitch. That was a good one. That, that was, was a good episode. Was, well, all, all of our episodes are good. Well, yeah, but I'm just I mean, saying. not to toot our own horn, but toot, toot, motherfuckers. <laughs> toot, toot. Jesus. 
Oh my God. How you doing, Josh? I was going to say, what's up, everybody? Sorry I was late. What's up, Josh? I'm doing, um, you know, I'm scrolling through Instagram and I see a, see a post like, oh, I'm finally catching up after Josh left. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all caught up, up now. <laughs> well, I didn't even, I didn't even really think about it until like you left on Friday and I was like, oh, fuck. I don't have enough time to edit James. And then we ended up doing like a four and a half hour episode with Alex on Friday night. So then it took me all day, Saturday and Sunday to edit it. I got it out Monday and I was like, well, now I have to do James. And it's just like, I was like, oh my God. Okay. So then when I finally got that done last night, I was like, phew, I'm done. I'm caught up now. Now I have a few days off before I got to start Derek. Well, now that you said it, if you guys haven't, go listen to our interview with James Wallington. It's fucking amazing. I love it. James is such a cool guy. It's definitely worth the listen. I love James. He was so much fun to talk to and he's just such an awesome guy. He had such a fun little life, like just the crazy things that he's gone through to get to like where he is now and to be able to have done the things that he did. But yeah, no, I, I really like James a lot. I enjoyed geeking out with him about board games for like a solid 10 minutes right when I had to go. Yeah, exactly. And that I'm honestly really glad that you did that because I think I even said it in the interview after you left was that we do like family nights and stuff with the kids here. We have like some board games and stuff, but like the ones you guys were talking about, I was just like, oh, my God, these sound like so much fun. I've never heard of these before. I was like, we have to up our board game like <laughs> I, I will gladly give you a list at any point. We just did um, in a group I'm in on Facebook. We do Secret Santa every year and mm. I got somebody who I knew I've, I've communicate with them like fairly often just in conversations and stuff like that. But yeah, I don't. Um, like we don't talk back and forth like through messenger or anything so i didn't know her as well as some of the other people but i knew that she liked board games and i knew that she um played similar games that i did so i got right i got her one called sparkle kitty <laughs> it's the stupidest game and it is so much fun basically you have you are a princess in a castle and the castles are all cards so you have like a four card high castle and you have cards in your hand and there's a spell book on the table and you cast spells by saying you have to match the word with either the color of the card or the symbol on the card. So the spell book just says spell on one side, book on the other. And then you would put yeah. like if you had a card that's a duck and it matched the symbol for spell, you would put that down and then it's a duck book. But you have to say it out loud as you go around the table. And if somebody has uh. a double, then they would throw it down and go like double whatever. But the more that you play, the faster the game gets because you get more used to it. But the stupider it sounds and you're still <laughs> trying to like do it as fast as you can with other people going in with double and triple. And there's like disadvantage cards as well. Uh, but if you get the right group of people, it's just like it's a lot of fun. So every round when you empty your hand, you take one of the pieces off of the castle. So yeah. essentially you're a princess who casts spells to free herself. And there are no princes anywhere in the story, which is fantastic. But they have like two expansions, I think. And one of them, one of them, the two princesses, one's a doctor and one's a mechanic. And then they're all like not totally medical words, but there's their medical components or like more mechanical components. And then there's like a pirate one and a dinosaur one. But it's a hell of a lot of fun. That's awesome. 
What was that game we played with Katie and Justin? It was a few years back. Oh, at that little party thing? Yeah. I don't remember, but that shit was wild. Cool cats and ass hats, I think. Something like that, yeah. That shit was crazy, though. And I remember at some point I lost and I had to eat cream of tartare, Mm -hmm. like a spoonful of it. Oh, that's not the part I remember. And then the other part I lost was (laughs) I had to hand my phone over to whoever was next to me and they could text one person whatever they wanted. And so I hand it over because it was my buddy's wife and she scrolls through and she lands on my boss, the owner of the company's name. (laughs) And I was like, you can literally text anybody else on my phone except for that guy because that's my job. So text anybody else. Please, please. She scrolled again. She got my little brother and I was like, oh, God, Lord. She sent him a picture, didn't she? She, Yeah, like a picture. And she's like, what's up, fuckers? Yeah, something like that. He's like all like 13 years old at the time. I think your stepmom got pretty pissed about that well nothing new (laughs) so anyways uh before we go into the you know the fucking family trauma fandom podcast let's go ahead and keep this shit relevant on the challenge guys sometimes i'm just gonna i'm just gonna preface this whole whole episode with Fessy never seems to surprise me more and more every season (laughs) like i'm always like oh that's like the messiest he could be and then nope Let's let's watch it happen again. Level up. He goes steps further every time, and it's <laughs> trying to give him the benefit of the doubt too. Like I, tr- you guys are all very aware that I tried super hard to give him the benefit of the doubt this season. I even tried. Oh my god! Even just at the start of the episode with him and Mariah talking, if it was just that scene, fine. Yeah, yeah, just that scene, totally valid sort of endears you to Fessy or Fessel. And then they do the confessional about him saying that he's better than bananas and Jordan. I'm just like, why you you've <laughs> had this moment where you're being completely vulnerable and you're being truthful to the situation. And even part of the confessional was accurate where he said, I feel like I feel like I should be doing better, but I'm not. And I was like, okay, yeah. that's like, I get that. That's fair. Because yes. he's just keeps getting stonewalled by his own actions. But then mm-hmm. the next part of it, I'm like, no, that's no. Go back to the first yeah. part. Go back to the actual in-house part. And I'm totally and with stop. you. And then stop talking. Yeah. You took one step forward, sir, and then three steps back. Yes. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Oh, man. It was it was wild. Um, I really liked it. And then, you know what? I'm I'm going to be honest with Tony. I'm not going to sandbag it at all. It was a very good episode of Survivor. It I was enjoyed a good Survivor. Survivor. It was the episode that I needed to yes. really kind of get me going. It feels like the episode that what happened this episode should have happened four episodes ago when they first got to merge. But maybe I'm just holding on to I'm just holding on to what happened in 42, where it seemed like it was like every fucking week that shit was happening. And I was yeah. just because all about these it. Players are like a whole other level. Like everybody is there to play and everything has to be way more calculated. And I do understand the fact that this is also the first season where they actually understand going in that it's only going to be 26 days. So they come in with a different level of gameplay. Well, yeah. And they're like aware of the changes that have happened over the last two seasons on like yeah. 42. So, you know, so. And it's, it's also where production is able to make tweaks because 41 and 42 were shot concurrently or like back to back. And then 43 was the first one where people who are on 43 
have seen 41. Exactly. Also, production was able to make changes of the things that didn't work. So 43 is a new game, but they've also seen the previous, like at least one full previous season. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that does change the gameplay quite a bit. And, you know, we're going to deep dive into that as well. Um, with that being said, like I feel like let's just get into it. What do you think? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm good with that. Let's you, just let's just dive into the show. The you, you good with that, Josh? Absolutely. I know you got some shit you want to say. <laughs> I, I can't even remember what I want to say. <laughs> Welcome to my life. <laughs> it'll, it'll it'll come to me. <laughs> yeah, that's what she said. <laughs> You're so cute. Intro music. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us at the Challenge Fandom Podcast. We've got another episode of the Challenge Trash Talk Roundtable, where we're going to be recapping episode 9 of season 38, Challenge Rider Dies. The name of this episode? Split Decision. I wonder what happens. I fuck. Right? <laughs> the titles in the first 5 to 10 minutes of the episode are just... Stop it, please. It's so ridiculous at this point. Like, it's just it just gets worse as the season goes on and on. I know we keep talking about this, but oh, my God, it's so bad. Everybody's talking about it now. So I kind of like that part. Yeah, I mean, it's just we've been saying this for what we've been doing this since Spies Lies. But we've been talking about this shit since Double Agents. Like, just the fucking foreshadowing is so bad in every episode it's like stop it dude just stop it stop it go back to naming it just after song titles and don't play the song at all during that fucking episode (laughs) like change it up for us a little bit that was the only episode that didn't give away what was happening just by the fucking title it was like challenge usa like i really appreciate the american theme but oh say can you see tiffany was like uh, okay (laughs) thank you in Tyson, we trust. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh okay. really? I wonder what happens on this episode. Uh, yeah. Jesus. Ugh. Oh my God. Anyways, it, you know, look, it's the normal run of the mill in the house. Nelson and Olivia are fine. Did anybody really think that they weren't going to be fine? I don't know. No. But did we do intros? No. They know who the fuck we are. <laughs> okay. I was just curious. But in case they don't, my name's Ricky Hayes. This is my beautiful wife, Karina Hayes, <laughs> the one giggling in the background. Uh, uh, then we've got the one, the only, Tony, Stats, and Info, and Lance. And then we got the man, the man. Jesus, criminy. Uh, <laughs> maybe I should take a break early. I'm kidding. We've got the man, the myth, the legend, Josh motherfucking Chambers. <sighs> the crowd goes wild <sighs> sorry guys <laughs> for all of you listening that was probably horrible but you expect this type of uh, quality from me um anyways we go from you know seeing you know the recap of the previous episode and then you know obviously like i just asked before karina remind me to introduce us all and just threw me completely <laughs> off was anyone surprised that olivia and nelson weren't cool like immediately after the elimination last week no i was not surprised no. at all I, I was a little just to be honest because the intense situation i didn't think it was going to be so close as soon as they walked back in the door yeah yeah I, I mean, I know they're having fun, but halfway, I think she's like, I'm just going to hold on to this, uh, this vet for a little bit and just secure 
<laughs> any type of relationship Fire. like I, in with the vets i can look i think that olivia actually likes nelson i, I don't do think too. it's just a you know i'm a rookie he's a vet he's got a lot of connections whatever i don't think it's just that but if you know that you're going to forgive him eventually like might as well just do it right away and not fucking spend a bunch of time fighting and maybe you know causing a target onto your back or whatever like well, i get it what but... to Bamber. Like, they were totally like Bamber and Chauncey weren't going in and yeah. then they had their little disagreement with Nelson and then they went in. Exactly. And to the point of Olivia, like siding with Nelson because he's a vet. Another thing that doesn't really give that any credibility, which I don't think it does anyway, but if you're going to attach yourself to a vet and you have watched the game and have observed the game the way that Olivia has, Nelson's just above the rookies. Right. Yeah. He's not the one that you're going to attach yourself to that's going to give you a free ride to a final because he and Fessy are at the bottom of the vets that are not already in with the rookies. Right, exactly. Yeah, like especially when you have bananas single on the season. Well, not anymore. George, well, but at the beginning, no. I'm just saying. Well, at the beginning, yeah, but even at this point in the season, at the beginning, he wasn't in the season yet. Well, I meant when they he had came to wait on to get some yeah. other vets out so they could come back and replace them. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's my thing too, and I I want to put this out here. Do I think that Nelson and Olivia's relationship is fake and it's all politicking? No, I think no. they genuinely have feelings towards each other. Right. And maybe it, they'd be a great couple if they would have met outside the challenge house. Yeah. But being in the challenge house rarely leads to successful relationships, which we will discuss in further coming soon. <laughs> oh, this, Talk this, about some foreshadowing. Yeah. I'm, I'm just trying to keep pace with them. All right. <laughs> there you go. But uh, from there we go to, uh, like I said, uh, Tony uh, brought up earlier, Fessy having that really, really kind of vulnerable moment where he's crying, little crocodile tears. About how he hasn't won yet. He never got drafted to the NFL. I just keep reading the first sentence in my notes and it sounds so mean, but I did not mean it to sound like Fessy Vince about being a fucking loser. No, I did not. Says he's the same or better than bananas when really he's trash. It does not. He just keeps losing. Mariah's trying to comfort him even though she knows it's true. What? I read it word for word. I read it word for word verbatim. I mean, it's accurate, but it's not what was in my notes, but that was funnier (laughs) than my notes. (laughs) Look, I'm going to be honest. It wasn't your notes, but it was the... It was definitely the tone in which the note was written. Let's <laughs> no, be it wasn't. Was. That's just how it read. I was just writing really fast. That, that sounds that's so how she mean. wrote it. She's like, Rick's going to understand what I'm saying. Watch. <laughs> like, I'll send it to you guys in chat and you'll read it and you'll be like, yeah, no, Ricky was yeah. right. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. So here's the thing. Like, Maybe in- I am just a bitch. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I love you so much. Um, I spent three days with you and I cannot confirm that, so you're good. See, there we go. Yeah. I like that. Don't like you just silence. It's the best way to go. Which reminds me, I've got a Canada meme I'm going to send to you later. Oh, man. Sounds good. It's, it's well worth it. Syrup? No, it, it involves politeness. 
Oh, jeez. It's worth it. That sounds like me. No, no. Anyways, but it's like it's exactly what you said earlier, Tony, referencing back to Fessy is, you know, you think you're going to like, oh, shit, we're getting this breakthrough from Fessy. Like, we're going to actually get a moment of him, like making that turn and, you know, of self-awareness and how he's going to play this game. And then he does it. (laughs) He just keeps going straight. That's the whole episode. The whole episode was like. Here's a moment from Fessel that makes you actually think that he's grown in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Or that everybody who says that he's a really nice guy is correct. But then the next confessional or the next scene just contradicts that. Yeah. Every time. Yes. <laughs> it's just. Um, yeah. I would also like to point out that when Anissa and Nelson and Fessel were talking, and Anissa was like, it's really the best case scenario. You didn't have to sacrifice your friendship, and then you've still got the girl that you're seeing. And I was like, he is also friends with Jay. Yeah. Yes. Like, there was that was a no win scenario for Nelly, like, straight up. It was Olivia, it was Jay, and it was Fessel. Like, that could not have gone worse for Nelson as far as the people that were in the mix. He should have played it the way Devin did. He played both sides on that. And Devin's might have gotten away with it. We don't know yet, but it looks like he's got it. Yeah, now they're in. Yeah. So, look, I'm going to let the listeners know. Last week we did the mid-season review. Technically, we might be like a week early to do that. Yeah, apparently we were a week early, but that's okay. It doesn't matter. So, like, this whole intro part, like, I'm not going to go through it all. Nobody wants us to go through it all because it's just a montage of all their partnerships of them repeating the same shit over and over, like Banana saying, I'm here to help Nani win. (laughs) So, to that point, I do not want Nani to win this season because I don't want her win to be able to be discredited by bananas continually saying that he got her the win. If she's going to yeah. win, I want her to win. And I want her to be able to have that win and say that it's her win versus yeah. both, not just bananas because bananas is friends with Nani, but I mean like the fans as well, because if she wins this season, my assumption is that the fans will not consider it to be a valid win. Yeah, no, it's and it's going to become a running joke because of her and Casey and Casey's already, you know, gets that same shit about her win with CT. So then it's just going to be a running joke about those two being a couple like it's just going to be all bad. It's going to be all bad. We knew something was going to happen with Casey and Kenny because we saw them on screen. I know that was that, literally crazy. I loved her confessional, though, where, where she was like, I literally forgot that my brother is even here. So did we. We all forgot to, girl. <laughs> Look, I'm, this might be a little bit early in the episode, but right now I'm calling it MVP Casey and Kenny for fucking <laughs> like literally going up. 500% in total confessionals throughout the season. They got <laughs> it is they the actually, most I have heard Kenny speak. It is, I, he started I didn't know talking what his voice and I, was. I was like, wow, I didn't know what your voice even sounded like yeah. just now. What the fuck? <laughs> and that's not a slam against him. He just no, legitimately just, has not been shown by production. I, uh, I am actually happy about this twist because hopefully it's an opportunity to get to know who Kenny is as a player. And who a lot of like the other half of these overly dominant personality pairs. Right. So this is an opportunity to actually get to know more of the rookies. 
Yes, agreed. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. Um, I just, it just feels like fuck, man. You guys, you guys wait till mid season to give him a confessional. No, yeah. he's he's had a couple up till now, but it's been like yeah, three. run episode like eleventy two. <laughs> yeah, and like, he's had like what two or three? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. like how, how many confessionals did Kayla get in the first episode? I'm about to look. Hold up. Let me double check this. You know what? I will tell you that she got more confessionals in her first episode than she has any other episode this season. Hey, well, here, I'm about to give you whose team was she on? She was on She was on mine. Tony's team. Dude, they combined her and Sam got ten confessional points. Oh, see, I was close. I said nine. So ten confessionals. They had like fucking tripled Casey and Kenny's throughout the season. It's it's just crazy to me and i'm not the only one saying it and, and neither are you guys like everybody's talking about this and it's yeah. just yeah it's it makes it so blatantly obvious that there is so much else going on in this house that we don't see and they're only showing us the edit they want us to see and i get it yeah. and that's the point of the show to a degree but at the same time i feel like there's like bigger storylines that are not being played out yes. at all and that's yeah. that's the problem with it is it's like look we don't expect to see everything that happens there's no way that they could show us everything that happens unless they did something like live feeds like big brother has which they can't really do so but i just feel like the things that they're choosing to show us is just not what they should be showing us there's better shit going on around the house like know. actual gameplay. Yes, exactly. Yeah, no, 100%. All right, so the main part of this intro outside of Fessy having a vulnerable moment with <laughs> Mariah was really the the start of a love triangle that's going on. And I don't even really want to call it a love triangle because that doesn't yeah. seem appropriate. No, it's really no. not. It's, it's a messy fucking situation regardless um, but what we're talking about is the Tory Jordan Nurice kind of situation that's going on on the show right now. Yeah, I'm going to say this. Do I think it was probably the smartest move for them to lay in bed naked together and like be wrestling around and cuddling and, you know, saying I love you to each other? No, well, that's probably not the best move to make with your ex of. Unless they're both in the same place and they've had that discussion, but but we all know it's clear it's clear from their confessionals that they're not in the same place. Tori is open to rekindling and she just doesn't know what's going on yet. And Jordan is not open to rekindling right now. He's just having fun. So it's like they're not on the same page. yeah, exactly. And Narice is being drawn in, um, you know, because of her relationship with Jordan. And she has a conversation with Olivia about it. And Olivia's like, Tori's not your friend, but we're also playing a game for like a million dollars. So kind of weigh yeah. your options here, <laughs> you know, figure out which one's more important. And, you know, it's like, like I said earlier, do I think it's the healthiest thing ever? No, but never talking to your ex of like however many years for the first time after you guys have separated on a television show where you're playing for a million dollars and you're going against each other is ever like going to be a good idea. That situation is messy in real life. Like just talking to your ex after that long, just by itself. But then you throw in all this other shit and then being filmed. Honestly, I don't want to say I feel bad for them, but I sympathize with them. It's a tough fucking such situation to be be uh, be in and have to deal with and kind of yeah. figure out as you're going. And yeah, I mean, yeah. other than that, like I have nothing really else to add about that. It's just what I wanted to 
fucking blurt out and vomit into your guys's ears so i hope you enjoyed that description <laughs> no i mean i i don't really have anything to add to that i think you kind of sum that up perfect i don't we're not part of the situation we don't really know everything that's going on in and out of it and i just don't find it appropriate to speak on that aspect of it obviously they're little more drama stirs up later in the episode which we'll get to then but aside from that i just i don't really have anything to add to to it no the only thing that like that bothered me with it is that really from the edit they only showed this portion in the beginning so that they had reason to show the second part yeah and to me i don't really i'm probably in the minority but i don't really need to see any part of it it's between the two of them and so much of their relationship has been in the public eye and on the screen. And that doesn't mean that anybody is deserving of seeing how the rest of it plays. So it's yeah. between the two of them um, and anybody else that they choose to involve in that. And I don't really have any comment on it because it's not my relationship. Sarah and I talked about it when we watched the episode on Wednesday and then again, just tonight when I rewatched it to take notes about how like the first part was only shown to facilitate a need to show the second part yeah. and wish them all the best, but it's not my place to comment on it. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing that I didn't like about it is, you know, you obviously see Tori leaving. She's feeling discomfort of seeing that right in her face. She leaves. Everybody sees that. And then there's people, she says people, and all we see is Amber coming out there. And I'm sure more people did. But why? Why go out there and be like, oh, did you see this going on? Stir the pot. <laughs> Look, I, and here's the well, thing is I don't really blame Amber. If I'm in a situation, I see somebody else having fucking problems where I'm playing them for a million dollars to yeah, take back home. Of yeah, I'm going to be like, yo, did you see this shit? Mm -hmm. Did you hear what they're saying? Mm -hmm. right, I take back what I said. <laughs> it, was also, it was also a matter of like, Tori didn't want to be there. So she removed herself from the situation. Yeah. And Amber is the type, as, as we heard when it was Jay and Michelle's elimination episode, where she always like goes and hugs everybody who's up for going into the zone or whatever the hell you want to call it. So it's not out of character for Amber to see somebody who is uncomfortable or that's true. Sad try to comfort or whatever him. and yeah. go and try to make sure that they're okay. So I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if. Bamber going out there is 100% genuine and her just checking in, whether it's somebody who she rides with or some, whether it's somebody that she has wants nothing to do with. She's not the type to just be like, well, I'm glad your night's shit. Right. I don't know, man. A lot of the stuff that she's been going through these last couple seasons, I wouldn't put it past her to be like, OK, let me let me poke. Let's she's getting a lot too. of shit. It's her turn. I'm going to I'm going to say this. I. I I do believe that Tony's right in the situation that Amber is one of those natural, like, let me try to comfort you. Yeah. Even the, the things that I've heard that are negative about Amber, it, you could easily explain them away as she's a people pleaser. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I'm making, I'm making these assumptions from, you know, obviously watching TV and not knowing her at all. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I don't fucking know. I'm just making an assumption. But I, I think either way it makes sense. But I really do think it was more on long lines of she was going out there to comfort her because I think at the end of the day, Bamber is probably a very empathetic person. Yeah, 
I agree. Anyways, there we go. Talking about our feelings. <laughs> I just wanted to cover all bases, okay? Yeah, no. And look, <laughs> this is just such a hard situation for me because at the end of the day, I fucking love Tori. She's one of my favorite fucking people on the challenge that I've ever That's seen it. on the challenge. Yeah. And I'm fucking in love with Jordan's story, his arc, yeah. and the person that I've got to talk to, and yeah. what he's. Yeah. And, and look, I don't know either of these people for shit. I've talked to him for a couple hours with you guys mm-hmm. on Zoom, but I really enjoy him. So this fucking sucks because it's two of my favorites. Yeah. yeah, but at the same time, yeah. like it is what it is, and that's and that's another reason I don't really want to like get too deep into it because it's like i don't I don't have a side in this, and I'm not gonna choose no. a side. I love them both, and i I hate to see them both hurting, and you can tell that they're both hurting, and i it just it's it for me, it just it sucks to watch, so no, but anyway, you know what um, didn't suck to watch though was the fucking daily because yeah. guess who no. predicted that shit last week? We all did that's, well, you guys were fucking right on the like they were gonna break up the teams, and I was like, no, no, that's not gonna fucking happen. They're not gonna go this whole time. Excuse me. I was wrong on what the power was gonna be, but i I was pretty sure that they were gonna break them up into teams like they did on bloodlines. like I quite loudly said it's called rider dies, yeah, when yeah, it happened like, See, you mean, can't. Me and Tony were hive minding that shit right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, like, I, I get it. It makes sense to split them up, but it's also stupid to call it Rider Dies and then split up the teams. Yeah. Like, yeah. do one or the other. If they continue to run it the same as Bloodlines, they'll be back together as partners before the final. So, and they'll also be being eliminated as Rider Dies. I just, I like so, the point know. of the teams. Make them compete against each other. If uh, you're. If your partner is still going to drag you in if you won. Yeah, but I then don't know. That also calls into question going all over the place when TJ's talking to somebody and says you need to have a partner and you don't have one. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's a hot fucking mess. But I do want to just kind of circle back and say I I called the mini fucking oh final. God. I just want to put that out. Everybody there. called the mini final. Well Literally everybody, everybody on social media, everybody on the podcast, everybody knew it was going to be a, the fuck they it was did in the preview. The fuck they did. Oh, you fay. You fucking called it. That's fucking right. You I are did. Number fucking you, you one. Led the charge. Nobody was talking about it until our episode dropped. Yeah. <laughs> like literally 24 hours before the episode came out. <laughs> Kicked it old school. <laughs> yeah, guess what, guys? Speed listen. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> Anyways, but speaking of the mini final, I personally fucking love these because I do think it gives you a it doesn't give you a real picture on how someone's going to do in a final, but it does give you an idea on how well teams are working yeah. and who's really got the endurance to kind of push it. And, you know, it was a, it was an interesting result. What was this one called? It was called Hall or Nothing. Like Hall, like I'm hauling something. Like like a, no, it was Hall, like, like Hall, like a hallway, like a hall bra. Like I, 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 yeah, I was really... I was really fucking confused by that because if it was haul like H A like I'm hauling because they're carrying yeah. this. No, that's not what it was. Who the fuck spelt this episode, Jenna? I, <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, Jenna fans, but just just being honest. Yeah, that's dumb. I gave it them is credit dumb. because I didn't look either time, and I just assumed that they would spell it the way that you would spell it. 
if you meant to haul something because that's what they were doing the entire fucking time. So I honestly it's not like, like they were popping lozenges. It's not that right. kind of haul. <laughs> So I literally, I, I, Richard died fucking trying. <laughs> I've said this before. I think they're just fucking with us oh, with the titles at Lord. this point. Like they're they just fuck with us now. I don't know. Look, as much as we bitch about the foreshadowing, like that's really my main gripe. Like fuck the <laughs> casting, fuck the explosions and the spy themes. Can we at least get on the same track with naming things correctly <laughs> and at least going with a whole fucking like a theme, a like theme, a, like make it make sense. Good Lord. No. OK, no, great. Right. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to keep doing it this way. So you guys can complain about it. We'll do nothing. Yeah. Well, I mean, if they did everything perfect, we really wouldn't have anything to talk about. Well, they? yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, they just fuck with us now. They they just do shit to do shit to get us talking. It's like why they keep fucking bringing Fessy back. Like, for the real millennials out there, I'm really surprised in that Get Rich or Die Trying fucking episode. They didn't play a Jaw Roll song. Just putting that <laughs> oh, out there. Oh. Yeah, they're failing. Just saying. If anyway. You, if you were born before 1990, when was the last time you guys thought about the game? Oh my god. Think about that one. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyways, hall, like a hallway or nothing, was like a hallway or nothing. Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a six mile course with three checkpoints. They're pretty much all puzzles. I don't know if I'd call the last one really a puzzle. It's just like, have you ever looked at a map once in your life? (laughs) Not once. (laughs) I mean, yeah. Yeah. Come on. Like, I don't know which one's further south, Sydney, Australia, or Reykjavik, Iceland. No, I'm just saying, I don't know what the other cities were in the middle. I don't know if I would know those. There was London, there was... I know there was London, but I don't know what the other... Rio de Janeiro, those were the only ones that I saw. I did see Rio, and you're right. I will say that if Jay and Michelle would have made it this far, they then would have painted a target on their back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They would have probably done pretty good. They would have been the next ones out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, I think before this started, who did you guys think was going to win? No foreshadowing. If we just said six miles. It's hard to say because like because of all the foreshadowing that they did prior to the daily of Fessy, I thought Fessy was going to win. If you would have just said, hey, this is what they have to do. And like looking at it, I can objectively say I would have probably said Tori or Devin or Nelson and Norris. I mean, at different yes. points, yeah, at different points throughout the game, like, but by the time they got to like the first checkpoint and they left the first checkpoint, I was like, oh shit, Nelson and Norris might actually pull this out. Like, maybe they tricked us with this foreshadowing and they're gonna actually like use their fucking editing skills to like. Turns out it was five shadowing. But uh, yeah, exactly. It's just like, nope, fucking just kidding. <laughs> Fuck you guys. <laughs> it's two shadowing. Uh, was a shadow within a shadow. Oh my god. Anyway, <laughs> so um, yeah, and then they have to carry like that heavy ass plank like the whole way, and yeah, it's basically like a medical stretcher that they have to carry. And then uh, yeah. what? Do they have to start off with anything on it? No, or no, that's after the first checkpoint. Right? Have to carry yeah. It. yeah, yeah. So then they get to the first checkpoint, and that's the one where they have to do the the three barrels. They have to use the three barrels and the plank to get like across this <laughs> little field. Fucking Johnny! Oh my god! Anybody who had their money on bananas and nani immediately changed their bet as soon as they hit that first checkpoint. What the fuck was bananas doing? I don't I don't understand how he thought that that was. He's like, I thought in my mind it was working. I was like, 
What's going on in your mind that that's working? I don't understand, Bananas. He's like, I just wanted to roll with it. <laughs> Nani was just like, look at what everyone else is doing. <laughs> and then she's like, he's like, well, I thought it would work. And what happened? Your foot touched the ground. <laughs> I know, right? He blames it on her. I can, so I can just imagine right now the inside of Bananas' head. It's like... Well, Mariah was like, everybody's doing the same thing. And then Fessy, or, uh, and then she's like, and then Bananas is just off in his own little world doing his own thing. Nobody fucking knows. If, I was like, oh my you, God. you only needed the two barrels, you could have just stood on them and like rolled them across. Right. Yeah. But you had that third one that you, you had, had to bring with you. One. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Crazy. Uh, yeah. I didn't expect, I really didn't expect Nelson or East to figure that one out as quickly as they did. They killed that. They fucking smoked did you see the it. size of Nelson's arms in that one shot when he was yeah. moving the barrels? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Dude, he's been putting in that work. He has. He has for a while. But that fucking next checkpoint with that, those like, Blocks like yeah. Sudoku or whatever the fuck it was. Like, obviously, they didn't watch Challenge USA. Oh my god! Um, but like, some people got really fucking stuck. And honestly, my favorite part of the episode came through this whole scene. I mean, this was most of the episode when they were doing the barrels. Here, let me go back for a second. Jordan and Nisa were on, it and they fell, and uh, they had to start over. And so they they were at a disadvantage. Like they had to start over when they were almost at the finish line and they lost so much time. Well, and they had already been behind people because like, you know, Nisa couldn't like, you know, run that whole time over yeah. there. But and then but that line that he has when they finally get through and he goes They finally get out, yeah, and they start running down the road. <laughs> you guys better not fuck up. We're gonna get you. <laughs> I fucking died. Dude, I fucking died. But when he's still back on the barrels yelling at them that they're not running fast enough. I know, right? He's like, You guys aren't running fast yeah. enough. He's not even done with the checkpoint yet. Like oh Jordan's a fucking G, dude. Like, I love him. Dude, like, you know, TJ was fucking dying with that. We're going to fucking catch you if you guys fuck up. Do you like how on the next section, like after they put when they put their sandbags on other people's sleds, that the sandbags all had names on them, but the sleds didn't. Yeah. You know who put their sandbags on your sled, but they didn't actually know whose sled they were putting it on unless they remembered whose color was whose. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Up. And then Casey just full on dumps her entire thing onto Amber and Chauncey's. I know. <laughs> well, I mean, let's be honest. Out of all the guys there, Chauncey's the one dude that could probably fucking just yank that thing one hand yep. like it's an extension cord, you know? Just fucking. <laughs> <laughs> but oh uh, my gosh! I was look. I'm gonna be honest. Like outside of like Devin. And then maybe Anissa. I usually consider Bananas pretty good at puzzles, but yeah. it seems like in the last few seasons, that's really not the case unless he's in a final like Total Madness. Mm-hmm. But him and Nani shit the fucking bed. Dude, I mean, they had no the- reason not to. Yeah, that's yeah, true, that's but true. but f- still, man, I, and maybe that's it. Maybe they didn't want to win, but. I don't know, man. That shit was fucking funny, though. He just like lays on the sled and he's like, you, you go ahead and work on the puzzle for a little while. Like I, They could not figure that shit out. I've got to rejuvenate my brain juices. That shit was super <laughs> funny. <laughs> so stupid, dude. But fucking Fessy finishing that puzzle in literally like 20 seconds was absolutely oh, where did that come from? unfucking called for. Mariah? 
I don't get it. I hope so. But I liked what Devin said. Like, if Fessy's starting to fucking figure out puzzles, like, we got to reevaluate the situation <laughs> real quick. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're in trouble. Right? Yeah. yeah. All he has to do now is learn how to eat crazy shit. <laughs> Looks like yeah, you that's the opportunity true. if he's still around. Right. Oh, dude. I know. Let's see how Nothing fucking messy. close power puke. Oh God. God, that was so glorious. No. Still does a top Wes's in All Stars 3, just all in the beer. Wes's was or Corey, good. who doesn't even bother to like move. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't give a shit. He's where he is. Yeah. Dude, I fucking made my coworkers watch the one from Double Agents where Amber B and CT drink all the blood. That's the one. And they fucking blew the horn. As soon as they blew the horn, she just goes, <laughs> just all comes out. And I was like, oh my God. TJ's like, that's fucking disgusting. <laughs> Just straight blood. <laughs> it's just all blood. It's like, fuck. Oh, if you wouldn't know better, you're like, you should call the fucking hospital. <laughs> oh, stat. Stat. Amber was also infinitely relatable at the when they do the shot of her and Chauncey picking up the plank of wood or whatever with all the tires. Oh, and, and the look on her face. Goes, <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a good one. The sandbag part, I was like, oh, I can do this. I I, I figured out like a whole system. Like, all right, if it was me and Karina, it'd be <laughs> one at her end, two in the middle, and then three at my end because I could take a little bit more weight, right? As soon as they got to the tires, I was like, yeah, fuck that. We're carrying equal weight. <laughs> not doing that. Listen, <laughs> I, I've been in that situation where you pick up something and you're like, oh, no, this is heavier than I anticipated it being. Yeah. yeah. I made fu- a terrible mistake. <laughs> yeah. Like, we, the worst, though, is when you've picked it up and you've taken a couple steps. You're like, no, I've gone too far. I got to fucking yeah. commit. Now I got, yeah. Now I got to go for it. And then by the time you realize you made a grave mistake, you've already actually gone too fucking far. Yeah. And you have to move <laughs> in now. So <laughs> I always end up thinking now about like CT and the goose or the fucking giant duck he picked up out of uh, what's her name's the bed? Swan. The swan. Yeah. yeah. I try to channel my inner CT and then that doesn't happen. Oh so. my god. Anyway. It doesn't. Like I'm just like oh, <laughs> shit myself. It took like what, three or four people to put that in there and he just takes it out? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like Mandy fucking lost all control of her bodily functions when she saw that. Let's yeah, be she honest. Did. <laughs> um the next, like, the next checkpoint, was that really a checkpoint? Like, throw the tires over a shipping container all, and then climb up it. That was part of yeah. the the one where they had to, where they had to put them in order from Southern yeah, to Northern. Yeah, because you have to take all the tires, get up and over the obstacle, and then stack them all. Yeah. I will give Fessy props, though. When he, like, makes a run at the shipping container and just grabs on and just lifts himself up like it's absolutely nothing, I said to her, like, I will give him that one. That one was impressive. <laughs> I would have looked like fucking... That one. I mean, he's yeah. as tall as the fucking shipping container. He better be able to do that shit. <laughs> yeah, but he's just, like, grabbed it. Rather than, put, like, a normal chin-up or anything like that, he just grabbed it and pulled himself right up and over. Yeah, it was like he was hopping a fence almost. Yeah. I would have looked like fucking uh, Tina like falling off the fucking swing. (laughs) Like, oh! I'd have missed the bar and just hit the side of the shipping container. (laughs) Throw me down a rope. Hold this end (laughs) of the tire. rope down there for you. (laughs) Can I get a fucking step stool, please? (laughs) Just do it like the heavy, the, the muscle. 
strongest man competition just like lug it over your head right yeah <laughs> i'd be like what the fuck could i get like a setup like veronica had where i can just like lay myself on the ropes and pull myself up with my ass like right. <laughs> i just need some yeah, it help didn't, it didn't work for her either don't worry. but uh so they fucking smoked it like they solved this you know the geographical location south to north mm-hmm. um i did want to mention that my favorite part of this whole thing <laughs> was where he goes Sydney's the furthest south. I know that because I looked it up on Google Maps because I was DMing a girl from Sydney, which is in Australia. And I was like, so he's he was DMing D. Okay, nice to know. <laughs> just, just Fessy putting out the all best, his business. <laughs> the best line of the entire episode, though, is the exchange between Tori and Devin of, you think Fessy's organizing this shit from south to north? They already did. There's not even any tires. Oh, he's green. Oh, yeah, they did win. Yeah. <laughs> I like how she just walked off in his face. She's like, I gotta She's get like, water. <laughs> yeah, fucking killed it. But like, be- the, infle- the inflection on, oh, they're green. Oh, they did win. That was pretty good. He did not like, believe that shit. There, there no, he no, did not. No one else was there. They were in second. He the was not buying that, that shit. The only tires yeah. were there. And yeah. he knows that Fessy and Mariah were the only team that left before them. I still, my favorite part of this is fucking bananas carrying Nani after the horn's gotten off. And, and like, we're, we're getting to the finish line, guys. And Nani's like, no, guys, we really do no, care. Says, we really no. do care. No, Which no, way no. is it to the he zone? Says, oh. No, he says, anyone know the way to the zone? And the reason this is important is because this is huge fucking Evan vibes from Rivals when he threw that fucking challenge when he was paired with Nehemiah and he goes, does anyone know the way to the jungle? And he's like swimming in the wrong direction and shit. And like Nehemiah was so fucking pissed. Nehemiah and I, almost drowned him. Yeah, he did. <laughs> All right. Little side note. Did anybody see the picture of fucking Nehemiah with bananas and Mark Long at Hearts of Reality? Yeah. No, no. Dude, he had his arms are fucking huge. Like, yeah. like Mark Long. I, I don't know about Mark Long big, but they're pretty fucking big, bro. <laughs> like, I saw those things. I was like, me and my have been hitting those weights and making sure he's getting, getting that it. fucking vegan supplement going. Right. <laughs> Fuck, man. I'm going no, to see that picture. I'll send it to <laughs> yeah, you here in a bit. No, I'm not, I'm not. The only thing green I'm intaking is not vegan based. <laughs> so just no. putting that out there. If you know, you know. If you don't, boogers, you just got the answer. (laughs) (laughs) God, I hope our listeners are okay with this episode tonight because this is this is just what it is. I don't know what to tell you guys. Like, I mean, look, the episode was great, but nothing really fucking happened. There was no elimination. It was. I wouldn't say the episode was great. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. Your statement was correct. Yes, nothing happened. First of all, you didn't let me finish because if you guys have really paid attention, I know Karina has that everything that when I'm criticizing stuff, it's a fucking shit sandwich. Compliment, insult, compliment. That's <laughs> how I operate. That's my MO. Oh my Any God. of my employees listen to my podcast, I'm fucked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, look, you guys don't tell them about it. (laughs) Look, you guys have really good camera work like 10% of the time, but your fucking casting and editing fucking sucks. 
but I like some of the people. So good job there. Right. <laughs> See, it sounds great. Oh Here's my a gosh. question for you. So TJ really emphasized when he was talking. So sorry to spoil it. Fessy and Mariah won. Um, anyway, Who? so TJ really <laughs> emphasized Jesus. the fact that, that not wanting to lose a final, like, yeah. sorry, not wanting to lose a challenge to the two of them to really make sure that you stack your team because you do not want to lose a challenge. Or, do you think that they're actually ballsy enough to make them team captains? No. Wouldn't it be great if they did? <laughs> Yeah, it would. But the only the only so the only reason I don't think they'll do that is because I don't think that Mariah could be a team captain of a winning team or losing team and Fessy vice versa and send one of them home and then have to try to partner up like it's just not going to work like they're going to have to do the bloodlines theme of if your your partner loses, loses, you you go home with them. Yeah, even if you're not in the limb. Yeah. So which is just dumb when they initially made the split. I know that it's basically a carbon copy of Bloodlines, but it made me think of Blood versus Water on Survivor, which they split. Like you, ha- you come in with a family member or whatever, but then you get split up and you're on separate tribes, and you don't always get like your person could go home, and then that's it, and then you still have to stay and play, and that that to me is more interesting because then when you hit the merge. And you join with people that got out your significant other or got out your sibling or niece, nephew, whatever, then that creates that drama and that tension. Right. And I I think if they started the game that way, it would be more interesting that way. Yeah. But it, like I said, if they're following the, the line of bloodlines, they won't go back to partnership until right, right before the final. Yeah. And so there won't really be any time for that kind of there's there's not going to be anything there other than just running in the final, really, is my prediction. I don't know for sure, but that's just my prediction because that's what they did on Bloodlines. Yeah, exactly. I've had an epiphany. I've probably said it before, but thanks, Swede. But anyways, here's what I was going to say. I just realized that, like we've said, this is a carbon copy of Bloodlines, right? Yeah. You think next season's going to be Rivals? It might be. They've been setting up enough rivalries over the past couple of seasons that they can very easily populate an entire season of rivals with just the last five seasons. Yeah. You think after that they do an invasion? Maybe. Could maybe, be what season uh, 40 is. Maybe Vinny's going to be that heavy hitter that walks in. Ooh. <laughs> maybe it's Jenna's fucking cousin in her bakery, dad. Oh, my God. Just fucking serving croissants. Oh, my Baguettes. God. You're such a dork. fucking cinnamon rolls and whatnot. Tasty treats. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry, so, <guys>. deliberation. <laughs> oh, wait, there well, isn't one. No, there isn't one. So TJ Chess. lets him know. Uh, well, TJ lets him know they're splitting them into two teams. Tells him, hey, guys, you want to make sure your team's absolutely fucking stacked. He doesn't say it like that, but that's what he means. Yeah, um, like pancakes. 
Yeah, like you want them layer on layer. You want basically you want the U.S. team from War of the Worlds Two is what you want, but add CT to that team. That's what you want. <laughs> and keep Jordan and Tori. Just... Yeah, exactly. Cut the dead Jenny West. We're we're going down a whole nother rabbit hole, but that's what you want to do. So we go from there to the house. We get to talk about you know how Nelson talking to Fessy about how he's gonna play, and he's like, I we were ride or dies, but we're not really partners now. And so I know she's yeah, I know she's yeah. gonna. Want to build a, a a strong team and i want to build a strong team i don't think i'm gonna just completely fuck her over but i'm gonna fuck her over he basically said uh, i'm pretty sure that mariah should just roll over and let me pick my team yeah because i've been because i've helped her out this far like no you you yeah. were you were a, a team like there's two of you you that brought are attached. her yeah so <laughs> yeah. she she was your ride or die and the point of the, the game up to this point was you are pairs. Yeah. So you weren't helping her. You were helping both of you stay in the game. Yeah, exactly. This is how the game works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The fact that he said, I brought her here. And that and should be the reason. And walked her through that, it. Yeah. Yeah. And walked her through it. And then that should be the reason why he should get what he wants. I mean, with Mariah at his side, he stayed longer than he did last season. Well, and she made that tweet uh, uh, like right after the episode aired where she had said that she had went up to Fessy after the uh, daily challenge and had asked him if they could talk about like a fair way to figure out the teams. And he pretty much told her, not my partner, not my problem kind of a thing. So yeah, which, which is, I feel is the same the confessionals like follow the bouncing ball of Mariah's confessionals becoming Fessy is misunderstood and he's actually a good person to. I don't know if the Fessy that I know is actually the Fessy that is yeah, by the end of exactly. the episode. Yeah. 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 What about uh, Orasio's apology and when they get to the club, though? I actually liked that part. I liked it a lot. So I wanted to say this because I didn't bring oh, it up during sorry. the daily, which was Orasio and Olivia had a tough daily. Oh, yeah. They, they didn't yeah. communicate well. They kind of were getting upset at each other. It, it just to me, it seemed like they were having a bad fucking day, you know, like yeah. everybody has. Yeah. And when, when they lost Orasio, just like dropped the slat, the plank thing, and he just like turned around and walked away. And that really hurt Olivia's feelings. So, you know, they were kind of on rocky terms after the daily. Yeah, we totally forgot to mention yeah, that. Yeah, and, and I did want to say this. Look, I understand I don't want to invalidate anybody's feelings on how they think, or especially Olivia in this situation, because none of us are there, and we don't know exactly what happened throughout the whole thing. But I do want to say that walking away from a situation so you don't say something hurtful or stupid is infinitely better than the latter. Just want to put that out there. So, like, yeah, he walked away, but he walked away for the betterment of the team is, in my opinion. I, I, I definitely see that point. I think in this in this instance, it's just a lack of communication. You know, people people process situations like that different and, you know, being on a losing side like that. And it seems like Olivia is the type that, you know, she needs that that him to console her afterward, yeah. whereas he's the type that needs space. And it's just something that they hadn't communicated to each other and i think if it was they haven't been losing they've been doing great all season so they haven't had to have those kinds of conversations and i feel now that they have should they come back together and have to do another daily or two together it it would be a different situation because now she kind of knows what to expect from him and he knows what to expect from her like he may not have known that that's exactly what she needed in that moment and she may not have known that that's what he needed in that moment and they just have to learn to respect that in each other 
But yeah, and if you listen to the two confessionals, she said that when she gets in a situation like that, that she wants to communicate and come up with a solid plan. Whereas when he's in a situation like that, he just basically completely goes internal and focuses on the task at hand and just like laser focus. And Sarah and I talked about it both times that we watched it. It's 100% us. Yeah. I, I am very much like I will internalize and I will just focus on the task at hand. I will get it done. And if, if it's not going right, or if it's like completely going off the rails, she wants to talk about it and figure out a new way to do it. I just want to get it done. So mm-hmm. I am the quiet one. And she is the one that wants to have that conversation. And watching that, I was like, yep, that is 100% a window into like high stress situations at times between the two of us. Um, so infinitely relatable and yeah. huge props to Horacio for then having the conversation and being 100% vulnerable in that situation, putting it all out on Front Street and saying, like, this is how I deal with things. Yeah. I realize it's not how you deal with things. And I realize that the way that I dealt with it without taking you into consideration was not cool, which is basically what we wanted from the Fessel and Mariah conversation at the start of the episode that didn't happen. Exactly. Well, and that's my thing is that a lot of situations like this where you see, you know, these partners like having these conversations or whatever, a lot of the times, yes, these are like set up like production might go to them and be like, hey, you know, we need you two to have a conversation really quick. Sit down on the couch and go, you know, whatever. But this felt very genuine. It truly felt like Horacio approached Olivia to apologize. And, you know, the cameras happened to be there to catch it. But it felt very genuine. It felt very authentic. And it felt like he meant what he said. You know, it wasn't just a, I'm sorry, I was an asshole out there. Like, please forgive me. Like, he yeah. talked to her about it. He had a really good explanation. He talked to her about how they could work together moving forward to get past it. You know, so it just it was a really great moment, I think. And I I just I wanted to, you know, give him some credit for that because I thought that was really, you know, it was a really cool moment. No, agreed, one hundred percent. You know, and the really only thing else that happened in the club is more of Fessy being a fucking idiot and talking to Casey <laughs> about how he's going to fuck over his ride or die. Yeah. No, I'm missing a lot there. Yeah. He's just the thing that's blowing my mind about this is like he's not even considering the possibility that they will get put back together at some point yeah. in the game, and I think that that is just being short sighted. And that right there is why you're not a champion, Fessy, because you don't think of the long game. You get wrapped up in these this one little moment, this being in power, and you don't think about what you're doing long term because the chances yep. that you're going to get paired back together again are very fucking high. And I promise every other ride or die partnership in that house is thinking the exact same thing. You're the only one over here acting like an idiot, like you're just done with your ride or die. And you're not going to have to work with her anymore. There's there's no way that they would do that. Yeah, look, like you're not getting partnered up with Nani and Mariah's getting partnered up with bananas. It, it, yeah. It's not going to happen. Yeah. It, yeah, I, it's just like we said earlier, one step forward, three steps back. You know, that's yeah. kind of Fessy's game. Yeah. Um, from there, we get back to the house. We get into the scene with Jordan or East yeah, and Tori already that we've already talked, already, about. already talked about. But what I found interesting is the conversation that bananas and Mariah had. Well, about actually really, tr- really quick. Oh, I just okay, want to ahead. jump right back really quick. Um, one thing we didn't mention about the, you know, the thing that happened mm-hmm. with Jordan and all of them 
when Tori left and she went outside, Devin followed her out and he was like out there like talking with her. And he gets a confessional in this time where he's like, you know, I'm I'm genuinely worried about her outside of this outside game, game because this is such a traumatic thing to experience in this setting. And it just honestly, like, I really loved this moment because for me, it was Devin also being vulnerable and showing how much he truly cares about Tori and how valid their friendship really is. And I just I really like that. Like, in my honest opinion, they're probably the only true ride or dies left in this game. Amber and Chauncey. Yeah. They've been dating for a year. Dude, they hold hands. <laughs> they they hold hands. Casey. Kenny and Casey, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll give you that because they're brother and sister. I've never now, seen, but. I've never seen Devin and Tori hold hands while running. I'm just gonna be out there. With <laughs> yeah, that. All right. I have. No, no, I've seen them yeah. beaver tail while running. Beaver tail, yeah. They've, they frolicked a time or two. <laughs> I mean, they I just look, love them as a team. I just wish they would just like get together and just live happily ever after and just be done with all this bullshit. That's just. I, I, I don't know about all that, but I just wish they had more scenes where they were in a kayak wearing wigs because that's top notch entertainment. <laughs> I don't care who you are. Oh, man. Anyways, anyway, sorry. Yeah, back to. It's yeah, bananas and Mariah talking, and you can see the the play back and forth. If you've watched this season enough, you know how bananas operates with rookies. Uh, but he, uh, I'm just it's, no, I'm not shaking my head at oh, you. I'm shaking my say, head at him. Oh, like, he's just I was fucking, like, I was just, like, this is like common knowledge. Yeah, no, like, I'm not saying just, breaking news oh, here. Fucking bananas. Um, but I, I did find it interesting that you know he was trying to coach her on what to do, and then she's like, "Well, I want to get you and Jordan." And he's like, "Well, no, it's fine if I go to Fessy's team, but you can tell he wants to be on the team with Mariah." Yeah, he, he's really enjoying himself he's, with her. He was trying to talk her into not picking Jordan first and picking him first instead because he's like, "Otherwise, Fessy's gonna pick me, and you're gonna end up with Anissa." Yeah, you know, but then kind of she's thing. gonna, she's. Or with he's Nani. gonna pick Jordan otherwise. So yeah, I yeah, mean, exactly. Well, should we so. just should we just skip this part? Let's get into the, the yeah, team we, pick. Yeah, we can. We don't unless you guys want to talk about the no. the Jordan and Tori t- yelling at each other. I don't really want. Not really. No, no. Okay. I have, honestly, I watched it the first time, and then the second time when I was doing the notes for the recap, I fast forwarded yeah. through it because I knew that I knew that all of us were in agreement in regards to how it was being discussed on yeah. the podcast. So I was like, there's yeah. no point. I don't want to see it again. Leave it to them. Yeah. Let's go to the chess game. It's between those three. I got nothing to say about it. Um, I feel bad for both of them. I feel bad for all three of them, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. And with that being said, not a fucking thing happened in deliberation. Deliber- the deliberation room thing was completely fucking pointless. I don't even know why they did that. It, it was so stupid. I was well, watching it the whole time. I was like, why? And I had to watch it because I had to count for confessionals and there were confessionals in there. So I was just like, why are we getting this scene right now? Why can't we be see, seeing anything else? I, it I just, makes sense to me. Fuck. We're, Go ahead, Tony. We might hive mind on this. We, we got to see that scene because it showed you that Mariah wasn't going to just roll over and let Fessy pick his team. She when he said, well, I want Casey and she was like, OK, well, then I'm taking Jordan, which mm-hmm. means that I will take Kenny. You will take Anissa. Where do you want to go from here? Yeah. And then he's like, well, you can't just take that person. I wanted that person. What if I take all the other people that you can't have any? Yeah. It, it, see, here's my thing. If Mariah had gone in there with knowing what she knew 
in the actual team picking how Fessy was going to play this. Mm -hmm. If she would have played it right, she could have set Fessy up and known exactly what he was going to do and beat him to his move. Yeah. She was still trying to play nice. And I think that's what they were trying to show is what it was. I I, I get it. I get it. But and here's my thing, too. Look, I know everybody is like ripping into Fessy right now. And by no means am I standing up for him. Don't worry. By no means at all. But here's my thing. He's a little bit kind of right in this moment, though. Like she's trying to get Jordan and bananas on one team. He's willing to let her have Jordan. Give me bananas. You have a goat. I have a goat. Let's go from here. And she wants fucking both. And I'm just saying, I'm like, it's great gameplay. She's smart as shit. That's the one of the best things you could probably do is have Jordan and bananas on your team. But I'm like, I wouldn't let her get away with that shit either. Like, I can't blame him for not going along and letting her have Jordan and bananas. Yeah, but he's better than both of them, Karina. <laughs> Fair. That, that is true. That is true. I mean, he said it, so it must he be just true. keeps losing. I don't yeah. know why. Yeah. It's just fluke. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's literal, just random circumstance that he hasn't won seven already. Yeah, exactly. My favorite part is when Mariah says, you're playing this for you now. Yeah, I'm still trying to play it for us. So if that's how you're going to play it, then we're starting again. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, yeah, let's just get into this. So it's a fucking coin flip is how they pick. It's real scientific here. Um, (laughs) She says... (laughs) 50 Fessy because you got 50. 50 for, yeah. You're 50 because F. <laughs> Real like, Mariah, Mariah, your head's because H. There's it makes an H sense. at the end of your name. No, no, no. no I, I actually just proved my point by being a dickhead, so I'm going to take it back. Okay, well, then there we go. Um, so uh, Fessy ends up getting the first pick, and he does go with Casey. Surprise. So that means Mariah automatically gets Kenny. Yeah. Can I uh, just point out that as soon as they said that Fessel is going to get first pick sarah and i both in sync said bananas he should and then he's like we had to pick a female he had to pick a female if he had to pick if he was able to pick a guy first one thousand percent he was taking either he was taking bananas because just because he could yeah no agreed yeah so i wasn't surprised i kind of surprised but not really I thought maybe Tori, but I get it. Casey's the co- your the girl. comment he made about the double agents final, though. Yeah. Well, look, first of all, yeah, I want to touch on that. He goes, me and Casey have got unfinished, unfinished business, business from the double so agents you're not final. Be a dick to her this time. I wanted to say, you're not going to pick her up. I was just going to say this. You might have unfinished business from the double agents final, but Casey doesn't. She won a fucking final last year with a partner who didn't push her too fucking hard. Yeah. And got her the W. Yeah. So let's let's rewind those tapes a little bit. Yeah, exactly. No, I agree. Love the self-confidence, though. Yeah, no. Yeah, well, that's what he's hubris. I don't hubris. Uh, so <laughs> Mariah ends up uh, taking Jordan, who she, she said she would giving Fessy and Nisa. And we know how well Fessy and Nisa work together. Oh, uh, no. Fessy was protecting her for the first part of the game. Don't forget. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Up until they pulled them into a deliberation, then all bets were off because she hurt my feelings. Jordan's <laughs> confessional right here, though, after he gets picked and then he gets a confession. He's like, I got to say bananas. I think I'm more liked than you. <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck, Jordan. <laughs> he, took, he took Devin's nickname, first round pick. Male first round draft pick. TJ yeah. gave it to him. TJ said first round pick. And like he gave it to him right in front of Devin. 
You know that stung a little bit. I, I know it stung well, a little I, bit. I hit up Devin. I was like, Devin, bro, you're still our first round draft pick. Yeah. Remember that. Yeah. Episode one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry, guys. <laughs> but anyways. It's accurate. Uh, it is. It is. It is. Yeah. I'm going to have to reassure that on Twitter number one draft pick <laughs> you're gonna have Damn. to now fessy gets to go for go next he takes bananas giving mariah nani and then mariah in turn chooses bamber which i was confused about why she didn't take tori here but whatever she said online well here let me finish this and let's run through this the theories real okay. quick so she <laughs> takes uh, she takes bamber uh that means chauncey goes to to F- messy Messi takes Nelson. Uh, that means Norris goes to Mariah. Uh, Mariah takes Horacio or Horacio, and that means Fessy gets Olivia. And then Fessy took Tori, automatically sending Devin to the last place. What's your theory on why he took Mamber instead of Tori? So my theory is the reason that Nelly and Norris, Horacio and Olivia, and Tori and Devin are the last three teams picked are because they are the most evenly matched teams. So there are other teams where there is a perceived disadvantage to having one player versus the other from that duo. Whereas the last three teams that were picked are arguably three of the strongest teams, no matter who you get. So they were less concerned with who they ended up with out of those three pairs than -hmm. they were of who they ended up with out of some of the earlier picks. That's fair. That's actually pretty good reasoning. I like that. Go ahead. Um, so I did see that Mariah, because she was like answering some questions on like tweets and stuff. And this was one of them. And she had said that the reason that she chose Bamber instead of Tori is she said that if she had picked Tori, she would have ended up with more rookies on her team based on who would have been left. So, I mean, I get where she was coming from. And it's, it's nice to know that she did have some strategy to it. It might not be what we agreed to, but it does sound like she had some kind of thought put behind this. She had a plan. And honestly, like I like her overall team and I think that her overall team is really well-rounded. Not to disagree with Mariah and I'm sure there was a lot more conversation, but it, that literally makes no sense because at the point she chose Bamber, there's only three teams left. So the amount of rookies you're going to get is negligible. Yeah. You're going to get the same amount regardless. My question is this. They were told, Fessy was told he had to pick a girl first and then Mariah had to pick a guy first. But there was nothing that said that they had to keep going in that order. And in fact, Fessy did not go in that order because he drafted Bananas and Nelson back to back. And that was my thing is that if that was, if that was, if you were able to do that, if I was Mariah, I'd have been petty as a motherfucker. And as soon as he took bananas, I would have taken Nelson. Like, fuck you, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah. For real. But do you want Nelson or do you want Maurice? I'd rather have I, Maurice. I don't, Maurice. I, I don't no? know. I don't know. I, I think that for Mariah's team, Maurice is a better fit. See, I say the opposite with her having Devin on there. Nelson would be a better fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that the combination of Jordan and Devin could be disastrous for the other team. Like Horacio said, there are a lot of really bullheaded people on Fessy's team. So those people could conceivably butt heads a lot more in team challenges than people who are going to be more cerebral and potentially be able to sort of designate a leader for a challenge versus I want to be the leader in this challenge. Right. Yeah. Well, and that was my other thing that I was thinking, too, is is that I think it was kind of an oversight 
to not ensure that Tori and Norris were on the exact same team because now Tori has fucking fire and she is she's ready to go. And now she gets I'm, to compete against Norris directly. And I just I'm just like, I don't know, man. I'm curious to see <laughs> more than anything. I'm just happy for Tori that she's not on Jordan and Norris's team and that she did end up being on a team away from the two of them. Here's what I found funny, though. So Jordan and Norris ended up on one team. Tori and Fessy are together on the other team. And that's like the whole full like <laughs> square issue between the Tory Jordan thing. And I was just like, what are the fucking odds that that would happen? 100 yeah. percent, apparently. Yeah. No. Like, exactly. <laughs> so uh, we get the teams. And then from there, we it pretty much wraps up the episode with the midseason trailer. Did you want to talk about that a little bit or? Yeah, we can talk about it a little bit. Um, I know, like, first thing Hold is... On. I'm sorry, Josh. Did... Oh, no, nothing. I was going to give a, a shout-out to my buddy Jason for that meme that he posted in the group. It was perfect. Yeah, Mariah's team is the little giants, and Fessy's as the uh, cowboys from the movie. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, front of the was, yeah. yeah, that's pretty cute. I love it. Um, yeah, so the midseason trailer looks pretty good. Looks like we're going to get this, you know, like a badass pole wrestle elimination. I'm looking forward to that. I can't really tell who's in it. Couldn't even really tell if it was dudes or chicks, but it was chicks. It looked it looked good. And then it also looks like we're going to get some sort of either like a mercenary or possibly like a team coming back. I'm just going to call it right now. They are copying bloodlines. We are getting CT and we're Zach. Not- we're getting CT and Zach. Dude, back. if they bring in CT and Zach, that would be sick as shit for just I'm a calling it right now. And you're going to see fucking them pulling those fucking oh, poles, poles out of the wall and shit. Yeah, I'm sure it's not that, CT but it sounds probably fun. Still murder anybody left on the show at that game. <laughs> could, we, could you imagine if we got like a fucking balls in with him and Fessy? Oh, God. A boy can dream. It's not going to happen, but. Dude, Olivia just freaking gushing blood from her nose. Like, uh, that's crazy. Nani's going into an ambulance with a neck brace on. Yeah. And then a one that I noticed that I'm excited for. It was like the last thing that I noticed in the trailer was that they're at like an elimination or possibly a night daily. And TJ's got a, a little microphone. So I'm like, okay, so it's big. They have to hear him, right? And and so I'm like, I'm excited to see what it is because there was that big one that they show where it was like, it looked like a five or six level fucking contraption, like big ass square thing. And um, it's a super tall brawl. <laughs> You're all going a hall brawl at one t- at one time. Yeah. yeah, exactly. All brawl. Everybody against everybody. <laughs> First three level. that get out alive. <laughs> Go to the final. The rest of you, we won't ever see you again. <laughs> yeah. So, but no, I'm I'm actually excited. Look like we're gonna get some cool dailies. Um, we got more, you know, running on cars and trucks and shit. So we'll see how exciting they can make those. But there were some other ones in there that looked pretty good. I'm excited for the rest of the season. I feel like now that they've changed up like hall brawl and made it tall brawl, they gotta like do a variation of pole wrestle. Like put them in like a big old hole and call it pole, pole wrestle pole, or like whole pole wrestle. I don't know. Oh my god, we got to figure it out though. Like, there's gonna be like a new adaptation. <laughs> they're to gonna the they're gonna like put them on things and make them do it in the air. Like like pole wrestle with like 
like wires. In the air, like they did with the member. They remember the one with Jay where he went against that guy ASAP, and they had the wall up in the air, and they had to fucking hit each other off the wall, like up in the air. Let's They're just, gonna do something stupid like that. Like I don't know. Was pretty stupid. they really should just <laughs> go back to watching American Gladiators. Let's just get like a fucking course where you have to shoot like a Nerf gun at a target, and like fucking steam comes up. Or remember when they copied American Gladiators, oh. like exactly to the T that little freaking game they did where they were in those like hamster ball things and they had to like roll them around that, and... that one was dope that one <laughs> it was, was fucking dope, dope. Yeah. it was dope just like absorb they... soccer was pretty good too yeah, yeah, that one was good. Um, I think that it would be really cool if they did the one where it's like the fucking rings that you have to like swing across <laughs> and you have to like knock the other person down American Gladiator oh, yeah. style. That would be fucking dope. They've done shit like that on the challenge back in like the, I think it was Inferno. You had to hang on like the monkey bars and use your legs to like drop the person down. You remember yeah. that, Josh? Yeah. What was the other one? I know they've done it on the challenge. It's the one where you have like the 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 pole with the pads on the end and you're like fighting the other person oh, and yeah, knock yeah, them yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. That's a fucking American Gladiator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's an American Gladiator one too. Fuck. Yeah. And think about it. Look at all the connections. Turbo there. Turbo and American Gladiator. We're just missing someone named Laser now. <laughs> in Diamond. Oh my god. Anyway. Zap. I don't know if that's accurate at all. Sorry, guys. Are we even going to do... Are we doing MVPs? I guess. Mariah's my MVP. I didn't have a guy MVP. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Jordan's my male MVP for you guys better not fuck up or we're going to catch you. <laughs> Actually, Devin's my MVP for keeping tabs on Tori, making sure she was all good. There and go. the the bit in the daily when he was just like, oh, they're green. Oh, they did win. That's terrible. terrible. <laughs> you, you really should do that on Instagram and just put up the MVP and just put Mariah as the only choice. Mariah. <laughs> just put Mariah yeah. the only choice. That's it. That's no fessy. Just a blank picture next to her. <laughs> put bananas next to her. Fuck it. They're dating. <laughs> My favorite was on the uh, Death Taxes and Bananas podcast. I didn't listen to it yet, but I saw the on Instagram. And yeah, the video is there, both of them, and it's just slightly like off because they're very clearly at the same table. Yeah. And it just like is cut in the middle for both shots. But because it's cut in the middle, it doesn't mesh perfectly. Yeah. You can tell that it's the exact same location. Exactly. It'd be like if me and Karina separated by three feet and filmed with two different cameras. Just do a one (laughs) shot right here. Yeah. I, this is reversed. Let's inverted. just put a sheet. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm catch to a fish. Out. I'm gonna catch a fish. I'm trying to figure out how beaver tail. <laughs> I was trying to figure out how my hand worked in the in the inverse thing. It's like because it's backwards. Have you never seen a mirror? <laughs> no. Fuck. This is my left hand. I'm not used to anyway. Everybody right. in the mirror does everything opposite of me. I don't like that. All right, so we're we're all under firm agreement that Mariah, Mariah is the MVP. Mariah is the MVP, yes. and I like Tony's. I like Tony's um, reasoning for Devin. So you know I'll what? I'm a, I'm a hop on board with that. My male honorable mention, Jordan. Just Tony. for the I will give Jordan honorable. Just mention for the well. just for the line. You guys better not fuck up, otherwise we're going to catch you. And he did. They they passed like two people, two or three teams uh, at the block puzzle thing. So shouts to them for that shit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, fantasy. Well, did did Josh? What about Josh? Oh What's yeah, Josh. Are, are, I'm sorry. I just are prematurely agreed. Right. Right. You know, because this I haven't been on that much for 
That's fine. Just give me. I just assume uh, no. you always agree with us. Right? Pretty much. I, I know. I, I'm right there. And I was just like, the honorable mention for me was between Jordan and Bananas. Just because I love it. Because Bananas is like, fuck it. We're already done. Let's just have some fun. <laughs> yeah, right? dude. Yeah. I, and you know what? I think that's that's what makes it makes them like some of my favorites. I mean... I might not root for bananas to win, but I like him when he's in the season because you know you're going to get some entertainment out of it. Yeah. Even if they're in fucking last place, they're going to make the best of it. And well, I really appreciate that. It's like Alex said last week, like whether you like bananas or not, you know that if he's on the season, it's going to be a better season than it would have been if he wasn't on there. 100%. And that's just that's just how it is. Like that's just facts. Fantasy? Yeah, let's uh let's do fantasy. All right. So, just just to screw you up again. Sarah just woke up with Aubrey. And I just messaged her and said that Mariah is the sole MVP. And she asked if it was for putting up with Fessy. And I thought that that was worth mentioning. That is, that's 100% that was, why she's the only. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, the daily yeah. was uh, it ranked high. It was but good. That, that, but, that was good. But yeah, effort into putting up with Fessy. The fucking top notch, man. She took one step backward, but three steps forward by yes. getting on a new team. I'm going to be facts. honest about that. Um, all right. Yeah. So f- fantasy for week nine uh, coming into this. Uh, the standings were I was in first uh, with 183. Tony with in second with 170. Karina in third with 165. Corey in fourth with 135 and Josh in the rear with 128. But we had some movement. We had some shaking, some shaking and some bacon. Oh my God. Karina's team this week with just Devin and Tori. Respectable 16 points in confessionals. Well done. Thanks, Dave and Dave. Corey, who I thought season was just fucking shot because <laughs> all he's got is Casey and Kenny, actually got eight points yeah. in confessional. So enjoy that because those are the only had- points you're getting all fucking season until they get eliminated or make it to the final. Kenny had two this week, two whole confessionals by himself. Plus, he was on the screen probably like four other times in that. I was like, damn, I, get it. I did appreciate their confessional together when. Casey just yelled, ah, the enemy, and punched him in the arm. Yeah, that's cute. It was, it, they are brother and sister. You can... You, Fact. 100%. Yeah. And not like brother and sister, like, we don't really get along, but we did it for the show. Like, they're, yeah. they, they've got, they get yeah, along. they do. Um, Josh, with only Fessy and Mariah on his team, got five points for the daily, but 18 fucking confessionals. So 23 points this week. Solid week. Um, I'm the only person with my whole team still left, Mamber and Bananas and Arasio, and I got 28 partners. Yeah, I don't <laughs> want to name all of them. They, you know who they are. Uh, so I got 28 points, seven from Bamber and Chauncey, nine from Bananas and Nani, and 12 from Arasio and Olivia. Then Tony, uh, respectable, two teams. Jordan and Nisa got nine points. Nelson and Nerese got eight for 17. I know that's a lot of numbers for you guys to listen to, but what it really boils down to is the standings right now, which is me still in first with 211 points. Tony getting a little bit closer with 197. Karina sticking right there at third with 181. Josh pulling up into fourth with 151 points. And Casey and Kenny dropping Corey down to fifth with 143. I'm no longer lost. <laughs> Look, and I'm going to be honest, based on people with one, you know, one pair left, you know, between you and Karina, it's, it's a hard to call because we know Casey and Kenny are falling behind on this one. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how this rest of this fantasy plays out. Yeah. I feel like 
obviously I'm in a good position because I have three teams, but I also know that I'm in a good position to start losing people because there's not too many other fucking people to get eliminated. <laughs> well, and like all your teams were working pretty well together, but they're not together anymore. So now they have to learn to work with new people. Yeah. And when I was looking at this, like, oh God, like the main hitters on each one of them are on different teams, mm-hmm. you know, so that makes it, you know, tough. But with that being said, I'm excited to see how the rest of the season plays out. I'm looking forward to it. But I think that wraps up our recap for the challenge this week. And uh, what we want you guys to do is to kind of take in and marinate everything we just said, but sprinkle on top this ad for Manker. All right. I, I don't think that was too bad, honestly. That was a nice little that was a little, yeah. little, a nice des- little transition. A little dessert transition right there for you guys. It's such a dark. Little right. sprinkle. Can I just give us props? Literally like an hour and ten minutes to get through that. I know. Yeah. It was good. Really good. The, yeah. you know, we did miss one Devin quote, which was my favorite. My second was- favorite. When they were leaving to go to the club, he just yells, Where is my partner? And Tori ran up behind him. She's like, I'm your partner. And he pushed her out of the way. He goes, I have no partner. Yeah. <laughs> I did catch that. <laughs> Now so check out good. this ad from Anchor because that was really good. And I want that in the show. So booyah. <laughs> he's texting me on IG, sending me pictures because he's in Orlando right now for Hearts of Reality. I had the wrong ear off, so I... This is the Karina, the Karina here, and I had the Rick here off, but Rick was the one that was back. What was that? I said uh, Brian Trans messaging me right now, and he's sending me pictures. He's in uh, Orlando for he's the Hearts of Reality. Reality, right? Yeah, he just sent me yeah. pictures, and he's got a picture with Mariah, Bananas, Nehemiah, and John A. I was like, fuck, nice. that's, a, that's, that's a hell of a group to grab a drink with right there. Yeah, he's been he's got some great photos up on his uh, Instagram. Fuck yeah, he does. Like, dude, I'm like, it takes a lot for me to say I'm jealous, but I am legitimately jealous and envious of him being out there. And uh, congratulations, sir. Yeah, Hearts of Reality is like a badass cause and yes. a lot of people come out for it. Like I've been watching I've been looking at the Survivor stuff because it's people from all seasons. Right. So. Uh, Jonathan and Marianne and Omar mm-hmm. and Mike are all there with um, people yeah. from all seasons of Survivor. Sandra's there. Um, yeah, there's Wendell's there. Tino, Bryce is there. Sure Tina Wesson's there. Wendell's there. Bryce is there. Um, Jerry's there. Yeah. Did you see that uh, Mike and uh, Jonathan dressed up? What they dressed up as tonight? I didn't. Not tonight. Uh, so they dressed up as Thor and fucking Thanos and Mike was Thanos and it was a solid cosplay. That's a awesome. solid cosplay. <laughs> I'm investigating now. That's pretty funny. Let me see if I can find it for you real quick, Karina. You'll you'll dig it. Um, let's go to Jonathan's page. Is it in his stories? It might be. Let me see. It was in someone's stories today. So there he is. Bob Crowley Thor. was there. Oh, yeah. That's funny. And then... <laughs> like it is so spot on. It like is good. that's awesome. Mike, Mike has is, the chin for it. Yeah, like he's got the face and everything. Like it's such a good pairing. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs>
Like, I love their friendship. Yeah, dude. So cool. So cool. I mean, and, and and I think that's part of my thing, too, is like, I just I enjoy like, don't get me wrong. I enjoy a lot of people. First of all, thank you for joining us after that engaging <laughs> ad from Anchor. Welcome back. Welcome back. But that's one of the things that I, I think I hold on to a lot from 42 is I really did enjoy everyone on there immensely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I continue to enjoy some of them quite a bit, just seeing them on social media yeah this week's episode of survivor like it got me back into it it's the episode i've been kind of waiting for and i'm i'm glad i did not completely write off and i as much as i didn't want to admit it i listened to tony because he is our resident survivor expert (laughs) and i didn't shut up about it since wednesday that is true you didn't and you know what i didn't take notes but it was a solid episode um pretty much from start to finish just hearing the different type of gameplay that was constantly being talked about uh the back and forth yeah i really enjoyed it planning in this one there's a lot of deception in this one like if i were if i were a challenge producer and i was naming this episode it'd be called decepticon (laughs) that's probably why you're not naming them Tell me that's not a better name than the challenge does. Well, yeah, but that's a low bar. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, look, if you aim low, you can usually always exceed that expectation. (laughs) Set the bar low, go high. Achieve your goals, people. Yeah. If you study high, you take the test high, you get high scores. That is not (laughs) accurate. Don't do that. Recipe for success right there. (laughs) Yeah, that's a recipe for not passing. I'm going to be honest. Don't try at home. Not recommended. Yeah. Instead, you know what? Maybe listen to Mozart or some lo-fi beats. (laughs) Lo-fi beats was my go-to. Like when I was taking classes. Anyways, back to Survivor. Oh, (laughs) Back to Survivor. I'm sorry. I'm a little loosey-goosey. Let's go. I have no idea what the title of this episode was, so I'm going to let someone else say that. Telenovela. Uh, telenovela. Fitting. Yes. Fitting. I love it. I, I loved that part. Oh, my God. I'm going to be I'm going to be kind of like on Front Street about this. I started to dislike Carla this episode and and not for any particular reason other than I just like other players a little bit more. And I kind of saw the like the way for her to get out of the game. And I was like, oh, shit, here it comes. Let's see it. Yeah, it didn't happen, but it was interesting to watch it happen, like how it all played out. And yeah, I I just it was good. It was a good episode. I will I will give Tony all due credit. He was correct. Yeah, it's definitely like one of the I would say top five in recent memory for me. Yeah. And then probably. That tribal council is probably one of my top five survivor moments. Like, yeah, period. It was really good. It was up there with the Drea one for me last year, as far as like just really solid shows all the way around. Yeah. Maybe not as many smiles as there was in those in 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 the Drea one, but it was good though. It was good. It was definitely a, a an interesting episode and. I do like it when we do get the two separate competitions aired for the reward and the, you know, the yeah. immunity. Yes. And I was glad we were able to get that on this episode. Yeah, Which I is do good, like that. We didn't, we didn't sacrifice any of the actual gameplay either. No. Which is like the, and that's another reason why it makes it an ideal episode of Survivor is you've got both challenges and no small amount of gameplay. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it was uh, I'm probably going to jump a lot here, but I found it really interesting 
Well, here, I'll let you guys talk about the immunity and stuff, and then I'll give you my opinions, because that's all I have for this is opinion, so I'm going to stop trying to host. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, it basically, like, it starts with them all on the beach, and I found it interesting the way that everything sort of fell into place, because it started off with Owen trying to drive that wedge back between Carla and Cass by saying, I don't want to call her Cass. Her name is Cassidy. There's somebody on a different season called Cass, and they're d- completely different people. Mm, um, I gotcha. Okay. So Owen basically says she was she was gunning for you, but he, he named a couple of different people. He, yeah. So he said, Sammy told me. And then later he said, she said, so she was really gunning for me. And he was like, well, that's what Jesse said. And then it just sort of kept shifting. So I don't know if that those were the only two that we got or if we would have seen all of it, he would have basically named everybody else. Right. But that prompted her to immediately go and talk to her. Yeah. And sort of air all of her (laughs) grievances, as it were. And they, they, they have the conversation. And I love that the conversation is juxtaposed with the with Carla's confessional. Yeah, because she's saying, like, why would I do that? I've been with you since day one. And then the confessionals over here being, well, Carla thinks that I voted for her. And I, then I was trying to get her out, which I was. But <laughs> I need to try to salvage this. And if I need to turn on the waterworks, then so be it. Exactly. And it was a really it was really interesting like a really interesting tennis match between the two of them yes. because you could tell what the ultimate goal was for each person. And you could tell that they weren't quite sure where any of the hits were landing. Yes. I agree. And then with, with Carla's just go ask Jesse, like he'll tell you. And, oh. and it just like, it all cascaded so perfectly. Cause then she's talking to Jesse and she says like, Jesse this told is her situation. <laughs> this yeah. is how it went down. Can you just go talk to Cassidy and let her know that it's all good? And then Jesse's like, yeah, sure, I'll do that. And then his exact <laughs> quote was everything anybody's told you about Carla is true. It just cuts to that out of the gate. Oh, my God. I was like when she said because she did that whole like thing where she was like crying and she was like, I, I'm just so hurt that you would even think that I would go again. Like she was really playing it off. And then yeah. she dropped the Jesse thing. And I was like, why would you do that? Don't do that. You're too close to the end to rely on somebody else for something this big. Like ah. she's been good with Jesse. And the funny thing is, is like, but she's watched him go against everybody that he's supposedly good with. Like she's been there watching it. Like what makes it, what makes you different? He's here to win. From Exit Press, what it seems to be is that everybody sees Cody as the bigger personality and Mm -hmm. everybody says that Jesse is pretty quiet around camp and doesn't really talk much in the bigger group. Like he'll have one on one conversations with people, but as a whole, he's not like outgoing, like he's not out there. He's not like super extroverted. Yeah. So I can see how people in the game up to this point may have thought that a lot of the moves were orchestrated by both of them together. Right. And that Jesse wasn't the one driving the ship where we can absolutely see that he's the one driving the ship. And I think tonight was a clear indication for the jury based on their reaction that it clicked in all of their heads that Jesse has been the one masterminding everything 
from mm-hmm. the jump. Yep. But the whole thing with Cassidy came about because of Sammy. Because Sammy told Carla that Cassidy was throwing her name out. And that's why he voted for Carla. So then that got in Carla's head. And that's why she initially tried to go for Cassidy. Because she knew that Cassidy was the only one that knew that she had an idol. So the longer that Cassidy is in the game, the longer that that information could be leaking out. And it all all comes back to Sammy. This episode would not have worked if Sammy was still in the game because he would have told somebody. Not because he's bad at keeping secrets, but because any time that he's in an alliance that he's not in control of, he finds a different for an alliance exactly yep yep and i i did find it really uh really interesting the breakdown that gabler had um when they were talking Mm -hmm. as far as like hey this like you don't want to go to the final with cody jesse because you guys have too similar of a game carla doesn't want to go with uh cassidy because their games are too similarly tied and mm-hmm. yeah. you know him and Owen same thing it was just like it, and it finally kind of clicked for me and I was like wow that is a really good perception of this game and I think when they showed Jesse's face as this all was being processed like you watched it click with him too yeah. like yeah Gabler's fucking right yeah and I, look as dangerous as Cody is I halfway feel like Gabler might be the most dangerous player in this game outside of Gabler yeah he could win like I'm not gonna lie yeah. I've, I've said this for a bit but since final I would say final eight there has been a very clear shot for everybody who was left in the game to win yeah. Any like based on the combination at final tribal, based on how they actually plead their case, Gabler has actually been a part of the bulk of the votes since the merge. Right. And he's relatively unscathed. He ha- doesn't really have much blood on his hands. He's the one who threw out Ellie's name initially, but seemed to have zero blowback from it. And he's the one that everybody comes to. The only person I don't see a clear path to a win for is Owen. Yeah, he is the only one I I don't see the clear path. I see everybody else unless he's in final three with Gabler and Cassidy. But if he goes with Jesse or he goes in there with Carla, I don't see a win at all. He's the underdog. That's the underdog story. Every single person can put yourself in the position of the underdog. So if he tells his story the right way, then Every single person on that jury can absolutely relate to the game that he's played or the struggles that he's had in the game because they've all been there because at one point or another, they've clearly been on the bottom because they're on the jury. Yeah, I I get that, too. But I also think you could very if he especially if he goes with Gabler, Gabler could very easily pull the JT conversation, which is I pulled him along the whole way. Yeah, like it was my yeah. conversations and my sayings, and I, and the only reason I bring that up is just as a devil's advocate, as there yeah. is president that this has happened, or presidents that this has happened before. President, fuck, I got to stop smoking weed, <laughs> shit. But that it has happened before, and so I, I I see your point. It's just I think he's got the toughest road um, of the five left because yeah, just my opinion yeah. on that. I mean, the contrast is he's also had the toughest road to get here yeah. because he's been on the wrong side of the votes and he sort of defied the odds and got there. So that, and that's what I mean by it comes down to their story. It comes down to how they pitch it to the jury as to who wins. And that, that's kind of why I think that it could be anyone 
is because it, it does come down to that. And it was really interesting, the division between the two teams in the reward challenge, because it very much was a split right down the middle. It was one Coco, one Baca, one Bessie on each side. Mm-hmm. And because we're down to the final six, it was basically all the pairs got split in two. And it was right. an opportunity for everybody on one side to look at everybody on the other side and be like, I don't know if I can differentiate my story. Yeah. And uh, I did think it was really ballsy for, uh, what was it, Cody and Owen to have that discussion about voting out Carla right there when they're the only three on the beach, you know, or in that area, the yeah. reward area. And yeah, I, it was one of those where, I wish the challenge would take notes of how Survivor plays out the episode because I really read this as Carla's going home. Like they're yeah. going to get Carla to mm-hmm. not play yeah. her idol and she's going home. Yeah. And well, yeah. Yeah. It, you know, and, and that's how I read it. And, you know, obviously we're going to get to the recap. If you're not, if you're listening to this and you haven't watched the episode, like what are you doing? But <laughs> it it was just one of those situations where I was, I didn't really see this coming till the very last second. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, if, I if you look at it two episodes ago, I, I thought that Jesse was gone. Yeah. When yeah. Jesse was like, when Jesse was doing the play by play of how to do a blind side and he was getting like the, text at the bottom of the screen and like going through the motions it's like this is gonna backfire this is their build up to him going home not that right. i wanted it to happen because jesse was my preseason winner pick but i thought that it could and i thought that it might be and then when it didn't i was very happy because it was also a huge move but when this started and then the next episode to kind of throw you off even more is very much from the opening moments. You're like, cool, Sammy's going home. And he did. It was basically a self-fulfilling prophecy the entire episode. So when we got back to this one with Carla, you're in the mindset again of, well, Carla's going home. Yeah. Because Carla's the only one they're talking about. Exactly. Yeah. But it was, I, I didn't realize how close everything was at the sanctuary because they were having the conversation. And I was like, oh, she must have like gone somewhere else entirely. And then 30 seconds later, she walked back in and then was sitting in the hammock that was like off to the side. Yeah. Like, well, she couldn't have gone that far. So yeah. either they edited, they edited it so that she was only gone for 30 seconds and they had that conversation really quick or she wandered off for like an hour and <laughs> they just sat and talked and then she came back. Yeah. So I have I have a theory on this. <clears throat> and my theory is is they've been out there for 23 days without caffeine and they gave them coffee and danishes. Ooh, yeah. She walked off scene for a second, you know, after that second cup of coffee. Owen said that he did not get sick, but he was up all night with stomach pains. Cody actually <laughs> Cody stopped drinking coffee about two months before Survivor, before he left to film, mm-hmm. because he didn't want to have that big of a come down. Yeah. Yeah. So he had about three months without coffee and then all of that coffee. Yeah. So he said, like, he didn't get sick, but he also could not sleep at night mm. because he was just wired on caffeine. So the next day, um, to code, uh, according to Cody during Exit Press, he was just like not playing the game the same way that he normally does. Yeah. So normally he's more of a sit back and let the conversations flow. Whereas 
he was like right in it and orchestrating everything this time around. Right. And it's totally against type, but he said he was just like, he was so tired and just his faculties were not there. And he was just playing a completely different game than he normally would. And that was a, a contributing factor. Well, and, and that's my thing with like the reward challenges is like, it obviously it depends on the reward and how long you've been there and whatever, but I don't know, like, sometimes they could be a negative, you know, it could be a negative to get all that coffee and that sugar when you haven't had any for 20, like three days or whatever it is, you know, and that can affect you the next day. But like their mindset is, is they're getting food, they're getting calories. So they're going to do better at the daily or at the, you know, the challenge the next day. But that's not always the case. Like sometimes it can work against you. Especially when you're having to do a puzzle. Yeah. You know, we'll exactly. get a little shaky and to try to focus. So I, I mean, these we really talk about the uh, the challenge itself, the reward challenge, the which reward, basically yeah. teams of three. One of them goes in a massive hamster ball and <laughs> they're strapped into the middle. The other two are blindfolded and have to guide it through an obstacle course. And then the person who is in the ball then has to guide them through a puzzle, which is a ball through a maze into a hole. Right. I mean, it was honestly pretty neck and neck. The thing that's interesting about this is so one one team was Carla, Cody and Owen. One team was Cassidy, uh, Jesse and Gabler. But because we have like such a strong cast this season in general, but such an incredibly strong final six doesn't really matter what the shakeup is, because no matter how they split the teams, it's still a really even three and three. Right. And I mean, I mean, it was pretty neck and neck. Owen and them got to the puzzle a little bit first, but then it was pretty much down to the wire at the end. And that's the thing is I I do enjoy in Survivor is it does seem like as they as they narrow it down and get closer to the final four. Well, final six, really, it typically gets to unless you have like a Jonathan in there. And even last year, he yeah. wasn't winning them at the end. Um, it does seem to level out where it does seem like in other reality shows, as you get closer to the end, you start getting those repeat winners of really just the dominant team. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, to, to kind of put my exclamation on your point. Also, I did notice that in both competitions, and I know we'll go in deeper, that it did seem like both were like almost come from behind wins. Like you said, like one team got yeah. to the puzzle first and and Owen and them end up winning it, like you said, to get mm-hmm. the reward. They almost lost, though, yeah. because they couldn't get that ball in the hole at the very end there. And Cassidy and them ca- caught up like oh, yeah, it was really was close. Super close to the end. Yeah. Yeah. Like anyone could have won it, honestly. Yeah. Literally in either team. So, no, it was, it was, it was a good one, though. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And like Carla's done a really good job all season, but specifically this episode in how she has her conversations. Right. Because when Owen and Cody and Carla are kind of sitting back talking at the, the reward, she says that she feels that she's on the chopping block. And basically that it really sucks because her entire game since the merge has been predicated on the fact that she has an idol and she's been trying to play defense against the fact that everybody thinks she has an idol, which she doesn't. And it really sucks because it's ruining how she wants to play her game for something that she can't even prove that she doesn't have. Right. And both of them totally buy it. 
because and it does make sense because Carla is has ice in her veins to not play the <laughs> idol the amount of times that she could have and possibly should have played her idol. Yeah. And that was Owen's point, too, is he basically said, like, there are, there have been enough points in the game where if she had an idol, she would have played it. Right. And, and Cody even said, and if she if she does have an idol and she didn't play it, then she's an even better player than we think that she is. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's what makes it so surprising the direction everything went, mm-hmm. you know, especially yeah. with the foreshadowing like we were talking, because, you know, even online, all you see is how well the game Carla's playing like she's fucking doing an amazing job and it's you know she is she's really the full all-around player she's winning immunity challenges she's got great social games she's able to build alliances and easily sneak between one alliance to another Mm -hmm. in her own tribe of six originating yeah you know and it's just been a really impressive gameplay Yeah. yeah and you know what like even if it was her Jesse and Cody at the final there's a solid argument for all three of them. Obviously, it isn't yeah. going to be all three of them, but right. Uh, I know that would have been so awesome. though. Yeah, it's like it's a, it's one of those things where there are so many combinations where it's it's anybody's game. Yeah, um, I found it really interesting that in the exit press, Cody said that the because, of course, Cody is one of the ones who hasn't watched as many seasons um, as some of the other players. And one of the seasons so that if you look at Jesse and Cody's relationship and how tight of a two they were from the very beginning, and they were basically going to run the whole game and they were going to sit at final two together, Mm -hmm. then it makes a lot of sense that one of the only seasons that Cody has seen is Dom and Wendell's season. Right. Yeah. Yeah. When they ran the entire game along with Laurel and they were an alliance of three with rotating other extra members right they were the three that made it to the end Jeez, no that's a good point i think we should get into the immune immunity challenge because i think this really predicates exactly how everything plays out because i think they had a completely different plan for how they wanted this to play out than what did happen yeah well yeah because they the only other thing that i'll say is found it really interesting that probably the exact same time that Carla's having that conversation with Owen and Cody about how the idol that she doesn't have is ruining her game is when they're back at camp is Gabler Cassidy and Jesse having mm-hmm. a conversation about the fact that they've played a very similar game to their counterparts that are on the reward. And this could be an opportunity to get them out. We know Cody has an idol and then Cassidy was like, and Carla has an idol. Yep. And just drops it. And Gabler says, like, you assume or definitely. She's like, oh, definitely. She has <laughs> she has she has an idol. So yeah. at the exact I, I you could almost do a side by side of simultaneous conversations of Carla yeah. telling them that she doesn't have an idol and then buying it versus Cassidy just being like, yeah, she 100 percent has an idol. And as soon as they get back, Gabler pulls Cody aside and says, Carla has an idol. Cassidy yeah. just told us. And he's just like, she just lied to us. Said that she didn't have an idol. I believed her. I know. It, that, it very, yeah. I was going to say, it very much reminded me of Carla saying, go talk to Jesse. Like, Jesse, go explain yeah. it to her. And everything you've ever heard is true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it did. Like, it very much reminded me of that. 
But I think that's when he had the conversation, when Cody had the conversation with, um, with Carla, was it not? Because it was before they went to the challenge, because then they had to kind of switch gears a little bit. Where yeah. Cody just yeah. said, I want to go to Final Four with you. Do you want to go to Final Four with me? And she said, yeah. And he said, cool. So this is how we do it. I have an idol. You have an idol. We just tell everyone that we're playing them. And the votes then become Gabler or Owen. Right. And which obviously means that Cassidy and Jesse are the other two in that final four scenario. It's a bold move. It's been done before where you talk up your idol, wear it around your neck, do whatever you need to do with it, and then don't play it. And it basically gives you two, two tribals out of one idol. And that's the plan. Carla thinks it's a great plan. They kind of go from there. She has the conversation with Gabler and Owen, basically kind of muscling them of we have idols. We're going to use them. Cody said he's going to use his. I have no choice but to use mine. Are you willing to vote for the other person? And they're right. both like, yeah, like, I don't really have an option in this scenario. Yeah, you've you've taken away most of the numbers. Yeah, the only exactly. Option that I have is to say, yes, <laughs> I will vote with you, a person yeah. who is not able to be voted out. Yeah, exactly. I'm not going to vote for my fucking self. What else am I? Who else am I going to vote <laughs> for? What the fuck? <laughs> Obviously, yes, I will vote yeah, for that person. Like, it's such a strong it was arm. So tactic. weird. I was yeah. like, what? <laughs> well, and like the first of many, this is a conversation that happens between you and I, or this is me showing you a lot of trust right now, where Cody then goes back to Gabler, I think, and says, so here's the actual plan. We're going to. We're both saying we're playing our idols, but we're not playing our idols. And then we're voting for Carla and we're getting Carla out. And then (sighs) it's going to split. We're going to split the votes between Carla and Cassidy. One of the girls goes home. The guys rock it to the final four. And Jesse gets it in his head accurately. And I am. It's 100 percent the right read of it's a brilliant plan. But if it happens, then I can't sit next to Cody at the final tribal because we've played very similar games and if cody makes this move this separates him and separates his game from my game if this is the point in the game where we have to cut ties he said it in another episode he didn't say it in this one but it still rings true my alliance is my family at home right exactly They're the people that i'm out here for mm-hmm. and then that's that's kind of where they go to tribal they sort of leave it there because at that point, we don't know who is safe and who isn't. <laughs> Such a bold plan. It is. It, yeah. It's interesting to watch this play out. It, 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 my thing is, is like, I just felt like all of them were far too bold in their answers yes. during tribal. Like they just like. There were no fucks yeah, given in that yeah, in yeah. those tribal answers. Like no fucks given. <laughs> well, you're kind of at a point now where you can't be wishy-washy. Because the jury is also watching to True. start deciding who's going to win. Yeah. And if you if everybody else comes out guns blazing and you don't sound like you are, perhaps you've got a water pistol, then you're not going to have as strong of a case when you get there. Right. Because you can't really backtrack and be like, no, nah, I was totally in on that. When they were sitting on the other side of the fire, watching you not be in on that. Exactly. Well, that's a good point. It it is. And I think that 
but I also think that we get a, a classic tale of survivor confident, right? Of like, how confident are you of things going to go down? Oh, yeah. Nine, nine point five. Ninety five percent. Yep. Bye. And that's the thing. Uh, but I mean, really, like, that's good gameplay. He had no idea. Like, it didn't, there because he, because he wasn't in a position, he wouldn't have done it. So he couldn't perceive a situation where Jesse would. Right. Yep. Because they were final two. Like yeah. that was the deal. That was what they were doing. There was no deviation from that. Well, and again, really quick, just like a shout out for the editing on Survivor, because we didn't know if Cody had given the idol back to Jesse before Tribal. The last we saw it was in Cody's hands and they never showed us what happened with it after that. And so yeah. when he pulled that one out and when, as soon as he raised his hand, I was like, oh, he's going to like, oh, everybody's going to find out about the Dwight thing. And then he pulled out that red one. And I was like, oh, shit, Cody <laughs> gave it back to him. Yeah. What? It was like so it was a shock. And I, I like that they do that. There's a reason behind it. And I, I will I will hold on to it. But it's a pretty amazing process to get that back. Yeah. So yeah, so immunity challenge. I will say, them walking in, the music was like badass when yeah. they were walking in. Mm, and yes, it was yes. a slow mo shot of everybody walking in to the challenge. Yeah, Dude, that there, was a good one. There, there's. I I don't know if it, what would we call it cinematography. Mm. Sure, or you know whatever. Yeah. But it's it really is top notch. It, it's I I enjoy it so much more than any other reality TV show I've ever watched. Yeah, just yeah. putting that out there. Yeah. There's a reason they're, they're 43 seasons deep. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, like, I mean, it's another obstacle course. All kinds of cargo nets in yep. different variations. Uh, we've got a cargo net period, pyramid. You run up and down, and then you go through a bunch of ropes, pick up some tiles in bags, which you then have to untie. And those have a combination, or three numbers, which are a combination to unlock the combination lock, get a key, to then climb under a cargo net, to then <laughs> climb up a cargo cargo net, to unlock the pieces of your puzzle, to do an upside down hanging back puzzle, yeah, which would be difficult as hell because any time that I've done a puzzle, I normally am looking at it right side up. Yeah. So yeah. to then try to do a puzzle that's hanging. And the picture that you're trying to put back together is upside down. I think, first of all, one of the coolest fucking puzzles I've ever seen. I did like this one a lot. I think the part that would really fuck it up for me is that you are starting from two separate points and connecting it together downstream. And or down bad, I guess I should say, but it, it's just, it was, it was super impressive. Um, I was really surprised how close it got oh yeah at the end i figured it was going to be one person just was going to smoke them and it kind of looked like that with carla but obviously you know she she wasn't able to pull it off her yeah no yeah cramping up and stuff Mm -hmm. i know yeah yeah her hands just like seized yeah that yeah, sucks. Cody was yeah, Cody was smoking it, but he was seconds away from winning. If maybe, maybe he would he would have won without all that caffeine and gotten a decent night's sleep. You maybe, never know. But he was like he was literal seconds because as Jeff was saying that Cassidy won, he finished his puzzle. Yeah. yeah. And Jesse Jesse went from last to first really quick. 
mm-hmm. because he flew. It looked from the edit that he flew to getting his combination right the first time. Right. It yeah, looked like it was big. almost like already set up and he only had to turn one or something. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. And he just like got the thing, got the key and went. Carla like got beat up this entire challenge because when she, she was coming down the like the pyramid cargo net thing at the first, she ate shit and like I smoked know. the side of it. Oh. And then she when she was doing the puzzle, her hands started like completely cramping up to the point that she could barely use them. Yeah. And then when she was jumping around in frustration, she sprained her ankle or twisted her ankle. And then one of the other confessionals later, like she had her ankle wrapped. So yep. she definitely did damage to it. Yeah. But Owen, Owen got his combination and like pulled the metal pole out and ran and then had to run back because he forgot his key. Right. Yeah. But then like when they do a shot of Cody and Owen both going under the net, they looked like they were shot out of a cannon. How quickly they were going underneath that cargo net and just booking it. I no, I but agree. It, they, it was a good it was a good challenge. I enjoyed this one and I liked the puzzle a lot. I, I, I do like the fact that Cassidy wins and it kind of fucking throws a monkey wrench in their whole plan. <laughs> Everybody's plan. Yeah, it really does. Because I mean, and I think the person it, it screws over the most is is really Carla. She was probably feeling the worst about Cassie winning this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, plus, like, she conceivably could have won it, but she just couldn't, like, physically could not. Her body just gave out on her. Yeah. Yeah. It really was a three-way race at that puzzle until her hands gave out on her. Mm -hmm. You know, but it's cool. What is Cassidy's second immunity now? Second. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So, in you know, winning it at the right time of the game, it seems like the... Twice. Yeah, twice. Late game. And then it seems like when you make those big moves and win those immunities late in games, it really grabs the jury's attention. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, like... I will say this is probably one of my favorite final sixes in a long time. It's such a tight race and everybody is so evenly matched that it makes for a really interesting end game because like even tonight there were so many different variables at play. And when they got back to the beach, Owen and Gabler are crunching the numbers and they're like, well, Cassidy won immunity. Mm -hmm. Cody is playing his immunity. Carla is playing her immunity, which means that either me, you, or Jesse are going home tonight. Yep. Unless we can figure something else out. And then I believe if my 90s movie trivia does not fail me, that it was Dumb and Dumber of, so you're saying there's a chance. Yes. <laughs> yes yeah, exactly. Um, oh, my God. Do you think that, do you think that Gabler and Owen had any like insight into this move or do you think it was purely a jesse move to figure this out to save their for, ass to save the, yeah yeah to save one of the I think three it was jesse i think that jesse completely orchestrated this one and looped them in because you see him going and talking to owen and mm-hmm. saying like this is a huge show of trust here cody doesn't have his idol i do yeah and he didn't have to give him that information um, speculation on like Twitter and places like that is that in exchange for that information and the potential of this play, there may have been talks of a final three deal. Right. Um, with Owen, because Jesse hasn't won any challenges so far this game. And Owen has won two. 
So it's a stronger chance that Owen's going to win a late season immunity win than Jesse. Right. So if he were to do that and say, like, this is what I'm going to do, but you're taking me to final three or like we're taking each other to final three. Right. Yeah. That would be an even smarter move because basically like Jesse said, there's there's like this is the choice that I have. I have his idol. I can play it on you. The goal is to get to flush out Carla's idol. Right. Because we need to get rid of it because final final five is the last time that you can use individual immunity. So if nobody used their individual immunity tonight, then it would have been Cody and Carla and Jesse playing their individual immunities at final five to get to final four. Right. Yeah. And, and, so, and yeah, and it makes sense for as much as I hate to say it, because I really like Cody. It made sense for for Jesse to pull the movie did, just like we've been saying this whole time, because they played such a similar game. It gives him, you know, that definitive road to the win. Now. Yeah, because like you said, he's still got one more in uh, immunity idol that nobody, that nobody even knows, knows about. Yeah, even knows exists in the game anymore. Yeah, so he doesn't even have to politic this upcoming week. He can just sit there and play quiet, enjoy his, his last day as far as with a group of five. And as soon as those uh, votes come out, just go here. You go. Yeah, or he can go balls to the wall, make himself a huge target, and just cancel out all the votes and vote for whoever he wants to. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. And at that point, his best move is Carla. Yeah. Get Carla out because mm-hmm. then it's a clear, pretty clear path to the victory for Jesse at that oh, point. Yeah, because yeah, now I know. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, because to me now with Cody out, I don't. Yes. Is there a path for Gabler? Is there a path for Cassidy? Is there a path for Owen? Yes, there is. But not if Jesse's sitting in that final seat with them. Mm-hmm. I just don't see it happening. Yeah. Like Carla and Cody were the only ones that could really give him a run for the money. Mm-hmm. I yeah. agree with that. And you guys, you guys have mentioned, I think it was last week, that there's not really a villain. And I had said, like, Jesse is the villain. It's just a matter of we like him because he's super likable and he's not mean. There's no malice in anything that he's doing. Yeah. But he is playing the most cutthroat and villainous game out of anybody else there. I had said, I forget who I was talking to. I might have actually been talking to Alex about it. But at this point, it seems like Jesse is playing high stakes poker at the Uno table. Like the level of of gameplay that we're seeing and how many moves ahead he's thinking is is really indicative of like his level of of gameplay. And I, I loved the confessional when he's talking about whether or not he's going to do it or if he has to do it and why he has to do it. Yeah. Because you can tell he does not want to. No, he doesn't. But he has to. He, 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 he takes it very deeply. The fact that he knows that he's made a real friend on survivor and that he just costs them a million dollars. Yes. For his opportunity at the million. And you know, it's the same discussion we always have about the challenge too, which is it's for a million dollars. You're going to lie to people. You're going to deceive them. Jesse did everything we said we would do. Yeah. It just broke his heart to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And it broke my heart to watch it. It made me love him all the more. And it absolutely broke my heart to see that confessional because you can tell just how much the decision is absolutely weighing on him. Yeah. And then to have that moment where like every like the plan is locked in 
Yeah. Yeah. And then Cody says to Carla, like, do you like, did you want to see the idol? And Carla says, yeah, I kind of do. I like, I want to see what yours looks like in contrast to mine. And so Cody goes back and asks Jesse for it. And then Jesse's confessional is just like, ah, like, I, yeah. I don't it's right there yeah and then he kind of pushes back a little bit he says like i don't really know if that's a good idea and cody's like no it's fine like i i trust her and then he's, he can't really push back much more than that yeah because if he pushes it, it, back much more than that then it becomes an issue of why are you why why do you want me to keep my idol with you so he gives it to him and then they have the conversation at camp where he's just like, I had, I didn't have a choice. I needed to give it back to him, mm-hmm. but I will get it back again. And so then the whole, the whole thing is up in the air because the plan previously was, or like one of the plans was Owen or Gabler. And it seemed to be leaning more towards Owen. And then we have this like underlying plan of getting Cody out, but now Cody has his idol again. and. He like you get that scene, too, of Jesse saying, like, did you like, did you get to talk to Carla? Like, did she see the idol? He's like, no, I didn't get a chance to yet. He's just like, you can see on Jesse's face that he's just like, I need to figure out how to get this back. Yeah, Mm -hmm. get it back in my hands. Yeah. And it's interesting, too, because like Cody and Carla, as much as they're working together on this vote, they're also using the idols as assurance that one can't snipe the other, because if one of them plays their idol for themselves, then the other one is just going to do it anyway. And then, like Owen said at Tribal, you could be going home because of a single vote against you at this point in the game, which sucks because it's not like everybody piled on and got you out. It's one person that put your name down. And because everybody else is safe through no fault of your own, you're going to the jury. You're the one. Yeah. What was cool. um, Actually, what sucked first is Cody in a confessional said tonight's blind side will be the biggest of the season. No doubt about it. Yeah, he was accurate on the the rewatch. I was just like, Cody. Yeah, I mean, he was he was right. He was right. He absolutely was right. But of all the sound bites and of course, he also had the one at Tribal, which was as tragic as it sounds. It's not me saying in response to Owen saying that, like, you could go out with a single boat. But what I found really interesting and it was in the exit press is because like pretty much everybody. The first question that they asked Cody was, why did you give your idol back to Jesse? Yeah, which is a fair question, because. That's your idol. Why did you give it back to somebody else? Exactly. He's had it for like most of the game. Like Jesse's Mm -hmm. had it in his possession for most of the game. It's basically been like a show of trust between the two of them. And like Cody didn't really think much more of it, nor did Jesse to that extent beyond the fact that he had it. Right. And what happened was Jesse said to Cody, I think Carla might have the knowledge is power. And she wants to see it to make sure that you have it. Oh, okay. And that was all that he said. He didn't ask for it back. He didn't say, do you want me to take it? He just basically told him, like, I think Carla might have the knowledge is power. And I think that's why she wants to see the idol. And then left it at that, planted the seed, let it kind of grow a bit. And then 
I, I think Cody said that like he sort of checked back into with him a little bit later and he's just like, do you really think she has it? He's like, I, I kind of do like that's the vibe that I'm getting is that she has it. But again, didn't ask for it back or anything else. So like right before they left for tribal, Cody was like, you hold on to it. Uh, and gotcha. that's how he ended up with it again. Wow, that's crazy. That is such a high level move because we know that knowledge is power has already been played. Right. But we also know. And I don't know if necessarily anybody who wasn't on Coco would know that Geo had it as well. Yeah. So that means that it's come back in the game twice, which conceivably it could come back a third time. Yeah, exactly. Depending on how long you hold on to it. So it does make sense, especially through no fault of her own, by Carla having that conversation with Cody and then Jesse planting that seed. It sort of was all the suspicion that he needed to raise. Right. Cody trusts Jesse more than he trusts Carla. So he just like gave it back to him to hold on to for tribal. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I don't fault Cody for it. Um, It's it's a matter of like he got outplayed, but he didn't get outplayed like some people have been outplayed. Like it's not a bonehead move. It's based on the information that he had. The best choice that he had was to give it back. Like tribal was so interesting because like you said, there were no like no punches were pulled. Yeah. And like when Jeff said, so like Carla can't be voted for. And then Jesse was just like, yeah, so like Carla's safe. And then these two are safe. So really, it's one of the three of us. Right. And just well, why do you say that? He said, well, Cody's got an idol and Carla says that she has an idol. He's like, that's kind of where we sit. Right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. But my favorite was like Jeff asked around about them and Carla basically said, like, it's been said that I have an idol, which I do. So I'm just going to play it because he's playing his. Yeah. And Cody kind of said the same thing. And Jeff said to Jesse, like, they could also just be saying that. Like, people have said that they've had idols and not played them. Mm hmm what's to stop you from calling their bluff? And he was like, I don't really feel like I'm in a position to really call their bluff at this point. Yeah. 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 It's, he wasn't wrong. Yeah, he wasn't wrong. For one of the three people that could be voted for at that point in the game. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's, he's playing it up really well. Like he's, he plans shit out in all the way through like he sees everything all the way through when he makes his plans it's not like half-assed plans or like three-quarter plan like fessy plans yeah they're not fessy plans like he sees it all the way through and that's in my opinion what he's doing right here and that's because when he actually does pull that idol his whole speech starts with well we decided to call their bluff and it's like oh shit okay (laughs) this is like social currency and everything else and he also said Within that, I think within that little spiel where he said, like, I'm not in really in a position to call anyone's bluff. Like, I'm not trying to make any big moves out here today. Yeah. Like, I'm just trying to get through it. Yeah, that's exactly what Fast he said. Fast forward to pulling one of the biggest moves in Survivor history. Yeah. Yeah. I love town. Noel. I love town. No- yeah. Sorry, really quick. <laughs> I love town. Noel was just like rolling her eyes the whole time that J- uh, Jesse was talking. Like, she is just like, she knows exactly what he's doing. Well, she said, like, she whispered to James, 10 bucks, not a single idol gets played. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because she was wrong. It's it's Cody and Carla that they're talking about. Yeah, it it was it was interesting to see it play out and especially see juries reaction through it all. Yeah. 
You know, and, and I think Jesse summed it up for all of them up there, which was exactly what you said. Look, we're not in a position to really call their bluff, but it was. Yeah. So. so basically, Jesse gets up and says, like you said, it is all about social currency. We decided to see what it was worth. Plays his idol on Owen, which spooks Carla because Carla has been told that Owen's the vote. Yeah. And mm-hmm. she's voted for Owen. Mm-hmm. So conceivably other people have voted for Owen, which means that there's at least one vote coming her way. Yeah. And she plays her idol on herself. Mm-hmm. Carla's vote for Owen comes up. Cody's vote for Carla comes up. And then all the votes start coming in Cody. Yeah. Yeah. He looks at Jesse and says, really? Cody and Jesse says, I'll explain more later. Yeah. And I said to Sarah, I was like, how's he going to explain more later if Cody's on the jury, <laughs> I guess, final tribal. And then when it happens, Cody just looks at him and says, wow. And Jesse says, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the biggest. I did like, oh, I'm so sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say the best part of this to me was when Cody went to go grab his torch and he came yeah. and turned around and Jesse made sure he stood up right in front of him and put his hand like out. Like he blocked the way. Yeah. yeah. And he, he, he kind of forced the situation. But I think that was his way of saying, like, like we said earlier, this is this is a game and I have to win this game for my family. But he yeah. did have a real friendship with, yeah. with Cody, you know, and I think that that moment spoke volumes to that. Yeah. And it's the it was standing up, extending his hand for the handshake, Cody looking at his hand and hesitating for that second and sort of pulling back a little bit and then shaking his hand, pulling him in for a hug. Jesse said, I'll explain more. And Cody said, there's nothing to explain. And they like separated. And then he said, good game. Everyone did this thing. Aloha on the way out. And the jury, like watching the jury watch Jesse was, like I said earlier, I think the first moment that they fully realized how in control of this entire game Jesse has been because they were just like, Jesse just did that. Like Jesse, as Noel said, Jesse did that shit. Yeah, exactly. That was Jesse's move. And I think that if he gets there, that with that move and the way that it was orchestrated, the the jury just crowned him the winner if he can get to final tribal. Yeah. Because he took the knowledge's power advantage that he never once had in his possession, used it to get Janine's idol and vote Dwight out, supposedly with the idol, which is still in jesse's pocket mm-hmm. and to get cody's idol mm-hmm. which he then used on owen and got cody out of the game without never actually having possession of the knowledge's power advantage yeah yep. exactly so his knowledge was in fact the power for that mm. it, it was it, i'm sorry go ahead i was just gonna say the other thing is that jesse has blindsided every single member of his starting tribe yeah that is true He's yeah the only he one is. left that's true. Wow. Yeah. Wow. No, but it, it was a really good episode. And I, I did really enjoy it. I um, did too. I think it, it was well edited, well pulled off. And, you know, I, I do look forward to seeing what, uh, you know, how this final four is going to come to fruition. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have my predictions, but I'm not going to say them because I don't know shit about Survivor like that. But but I am really excited to see it happen. Yeah. No, I agree. It was a good episode and uh, we got the 
We got the finale next week. And so I'm, yeah, I'm excited to see what happens. It'll be interesting for sure. Cause it really like, even though Jesse has played a masterful game, something could happen and Jesse could still go out at five. He could like, he has an idol, so he shouldn't, but nobody knows that he has it. So if he thinks that he's safe, he could hold on to it to pull what Marianne pulled last season, which is to say, I went through this entire game without a single vote against me and have had this idol in my pocket since since Dwight got voted out. Yeah. And that's a huge move, but it's also a huge move to just like walk into the final five tribal without immunity around your neck. Everybody thinks that you're going home. The conversations are all that you're going home and then you drop Janine's idol, which she will immediately recognize as her idol because it's yellow and it's the only one left in play. And yeah, like it, it just depends on what he thinks the bigger move is. Right. He could also, if he doesn't win immunity at final four, I don't know who is sure enough of themselves to take him with them yeah no if he doesn't so win it, comes, it for he could build, he could have to build fire against someone like gabler yeah and i don't know if you want to build fire against gabler because i'm sure that he can probably build a fire pretty quick so you could have another situation of somebody who is a surefire winner being taken out by fire yeah. that's true that's no, very true no. yeah it makes me excited to see what's going to happen next week. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, um, I don't know. Do we do we even need to go through MVPs? I feel like there's only like there's <laughs> like one clear cut winner for MVP <laughs> this episode. Fessy. Mariah, Mariah gets it for Survivor too, motherfuckers. <laughs> it was come on, guys. It was obviously that one. <laughs> yes, obviously hey, he's still here. Yeah. yeah, but I just have a different view. I have a very big brother view on people who make it to the end without having a really solid role in an alliance. And yeah, well, I mean, with big brother, it's different. That just means you sat on the couch for 80 days. Well, yeah, but you could say that Owen sat on the fucking sidelines for 80 days. Yeah. You know, yeah, it, dodge well, it's not 80 20, days, though. Well, 20, 20 days, days, 22 days, 23 <laughs> days, whatever he's getting to. But it, it's just a different perspective of it. And it's just, oh, totally. from, you know, but, but anyway, no, I, I think far and beyond like cream of the crop, Jesse is the MVP of this episode, probably the last you know, 11 episodes. This, we, we probably yeah. have been wrong. Every episode that we didn't name Jesse MVP, we've been wrong. We were wrong. Right. It's Jesse. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think we've done, I don't know if we've done many MVPs because we kind of bounce back and forth between doing MVPs. If somebody is like not worthy of MVP, but if somebody does something that like merits an MVP status, then we give them MVP. And otherwise it's just the people that we think could win at this point. And really, that's anyone, but Jesse's the clear winner. I think Jesse merits an MVP this week. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, right. 100%. But um, yeah. no, yeah, I've still got Jesse winning the game. I, I know that it's a very, it's going to be very difficult for him to get through uh, Final Four. I, I've got faith in him. I'm hoping he can figure it out. I would love to see him win this game. In my opinion, he has worked the hardest socially. Like, he hasn't been winning challenges and stuff like that but socially he has worked his ass off and i feel like he he really deserves to win the game well i will give a shout out to the instagram account survivor.insights 
is I tend to we don't agree on confessional counts. We've actually had this conversation because it's really hard to figure out what counts as one confessional versus two confessionals and where Mm -hmm. you draw the line and everything else. Yeah. But they also have some really interesting um, like slides in regards to how people's games have gone. So despite the fact that Jesse is the only one left in the final five that has not won individual immunity, Mm -hmm. he's won none. Gabler has won and Owen and Cassidy and Carla have all won too. But despite the fact that he has not won a single individual immunity, he has 100% of the time been on the right side of the vote since the merge. Yeah. Yeah. He's always in on it. Yeah. Yeah. He's also, other than Gabler, he will, I guess he and Gabler do not have any votes against them post merge. Jesse actually does not have any votes against him full game. He has never had anybody cast a vote against him. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. It really is. I mean, at the end of the day, if, if he can manage to get to the end without having a single vote against him, I don't. And I'm, I'm sure that I am wrong because I have done no research on this, but I can't think of anybody else who has made it to the end without at least one vote cast against them. Right. I'm sure it's happened, but to play a game like this cutthroat of a season and not have any votes cast your way, most of the time there's not even talking about him. Honestly, if he if he makes it through the next two tribals without anyone casting a vote against him, I'm just going to start questioning the intelligence of the other people <laughs> he's playing against because you have sat and watched you just watch what he did to Cody. You ju- you guys just yeah. watched it with your own fucking eyes and then you're not going to say his na- like unless he unless he wins immunity obviously because then is that there you can't. Yeah. But if he does not win the immunity challenge, he does not win the and nobody knows about his idol. It, it I would just like I said, I would just start questioning how intelligent everybody else is because what the fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's it's baffling that he's got this far. And there have been so many episodes where they've talked about getting out the heavy hitters in the game. Yeah. And yeah, but he's he's had a shield a lot of the game. And yeah. now he he just dropped his shield and, and said, like, hey, look at me and said, hey, look at me. I'm right here. You know, so now it's like he doesn't have that shield anymore. Now everybody knows. And, you know, so I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens next week. I'm 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 excited to see what how it ends up all playing out. And I've like I said, I've still got hope for Jesse. Yeah. I mean, yeah. look, in my I, I, I'm just going to make this kind of the final word on it. If he doesn't fucking go in next week, if he has any inkling and he does not go into tribal and fucking slap that idol down and just start off with I'm safe. Yeah. Figure it out. You know, something to that effect, I, it, and he gets booted, it will be the biggest letdown I've ever seen on reality TV. I, I think it'd actually be more interesting if he did it like how Tony said earlier, if he didn't tell anybody about it and he let them try to vote him out. And then last minute, he freaking uses that. And then the only vote that counts is his. And whoever he wants to go home goes the fuck home. That and again, he is, he is, he has controlled the fucking elimination, like yeah. without even anybody you know so i don't know i think that would be super fucking awesome uh but we'll see how it all works out yeah yeah well it's i was gonna say it's getting kind of it's it's getting to the wee hours for you i know i was just looked <laughs> i thought it was still 11 o'clock and i saw it's midnight no, it's here midnight, yeah um you want to get through fantasy so we can let yep, the I can rifle through it yeah let them know where they stand 
Unfortunately, we have half of the fantasy teams that we did at the start of this. Every time that somebody wins when it's in a team challenge, like, sweet, my person won. I'm like, ah, shit, Corey's person won, too, because we're the only ones left. Yeah. yeah. Corey went into this with 262. I had 178. Karina with 144. Rick with 134. Corey got 14 points for confessionals. Owen and Cody won reward for 10 points. Cassidy won immunity for five. And then they got six points for eliminated players. And Cody made the jury for five points. So a total of 40 points. That's what happens when the only other person on the fantasy draft has twice as many people as you do on your team. Yeah. I had eight points in confessionals, four from each. Carla won reward for five. Jesse and Carla correctly used their advantages for six points. They each canceled a vote for one point each. And Jesse voted for the eliminated player for a total of 23 points, which means Corey is 302. I'm 201. Karina's 144, Rick is 134. Sweet. I'm creeping. Creeping on that third place. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Up. Watch out. Mm-hmm. Just like, watch out for our next interview that's coming up soon. Oh my god, I'm so excited. Is that, so is that a goat? I think it's a goat. I mean, it's... It's, it's a Mount Rushmore, for sure. It, for, it's some people's goat. goats. It's a mountain goat. It's a mountain goat. Bah. <laughs> In case you were wondering who we're talking about, um, we've got a Christmas special coming out for you guys on December 19th. We're going to be uh, releasing our interview with the one, the only, Derek Kaczynski. What, what? And it was a fucking blast. Ah, we had yeah. so much fun. Talk to him on my birthday. Yes. Yeah, it was your birthday. It was my birthday. We've been holding on to this one for a little bit. We wanted to put it out at a special time and Mania just hit their five year uh, mark. And, you know, so we we think we figured uh, ending 2022 with Derek Kaczynski was just the only like only logical, logical it was the yeah. only logical thing yeah, to do, on. like bringing in the new year, you know, celebrating Christmas, like. It's total Derek vibes. This episode was so much fun. It, it's, it's full of so much energy and we had so much fun on it. And Derek is just as wild and crazy as you would imagine he would be. <laughs> he interviewed us for part of the fucking he episode. He did. flipped the script. He did. I for, Yeah. Oh, my God. I almost forgot about that. He did. That was that was awesome. So, no, I'm really excited to release that one. So, yeah, that'll be out uh, December 19th ish. Ish. Ish, no. Ish. Give me, give me, you know, plus or minus a day, you know, maybe two. We'll see. But we'll but, get there. But it will be out before Christmas. Um, it'll be out, you know, within, like I said, either the nineteenth to like the twentieth, twenty first, maybe, but probably the nineteenth because I'm excited for this one. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. But honestly, guys, I'm out of words. Yeah, uh, I I don't really have much else to say. If you haven't checked out our Unplugged Beyond the Edit episode with James Wallington from Amazing Race 32 and Challenge USA, make sure you go check it out. We had a lot of fun with him, too. He's same. He's got a lot of energy. He's got a really awesome story. Uh, So make sure you guys go check that out and keep an eye out for Derek. Fundraiser. Oh, yes. Yes. We have our uh, our TJ Lavin fans give back charity fundraiser going right now. I will link everything down below, but we are selling a variety of different like clothing items and stuff like that uh, with a custom design. And 
all the profits go to TJ's charity of choice, which is Project 150. I'm going to just link everything down below. So, yeah, make sure you guys check that out. Just want to say this real quick in in regards to the TJ charity stuff. So we're we're only doing a limited supply on this, a limited run, and we're only going to be running this for probably a couple more weeks. And we're already getting low on supplies. So make sure you get that order in soon before it's all gone and you can't get any more of it. So um, we'll have that link below. But I think that pretty much wraps that up from there. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. And um, yeah, we'll. See y'all next fucking week. Survivor finale and see what the hell happens on these teams on Challenge 38. On Challenge 38, they're probably going to divide them up into three more teams. So <laughs> we'll fucking try to break that down for you guys. Put them on an island. Yeah, with no food, just, just fucking a cast iron pot. <laughs> right. And a fucking rock to walk around and annoy the shit out of each other with. Um, I've seen that somewhere. I don't know. Where Josh, will come back. Please. Let's get some fucking real drama and not just this messy, fessy shit. God. Anyways, I don't want to get back into it. For myself, Ricky Hayes, my beautiful wife, Karina Hayes, Tony Stats and Info, Lance, and of course, Josh motherfucking Chambers. We want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. We really, truly do appreciate it. If you get a chance, go rate us five stars. If not, obviously we are inclined to think you're a hater. It's just kind of the obvious thing. Just happens. But you know what? Prove us wrong. Rate us five (laughs) stars. Make sure you subscribe. And if you're like me, don't get fucking caught trying to listen to your podcast in bad reception. Download that shit beforehand. Be an adult. Yes. Oh my God. That's so true. Download the episodes. We love y'all. Have a good night. Bye. Later. Bye. Bye.